The following episode contains major plot points that may spoil movies for some viewers. A spoiler warning is now in effect. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host Colin. And I'm Leah. How's it going today? It is a snowy day here in Rochester. Yeah. And we have something important for you. The last time we did an episode, we had Ben Scrivens from Fright Rags on the show. But now this time... We have two new guests, and they are from Mostly Horror, from Aaliyah's favorite podcast. Yep. So in previous episodes, I have name-dropped this podcast quite a bit because they're one of my favorite horror podcasters. They are part of the Morbid Network, which is, again, another podcast that I enjoy as well. And they just are very informative they're very insightful of the genre mostly horror has had tim jacobus from oh, that's the from aspect the, you're talking about yeah but he, okay. he, they've had like artists like tim jacobus they've had writers like grady hendrix they've even had directors like david Pryor. oh Guillermo yeah that's Toro. right i do remember that which that is freaking cool that they had them on there as guests yeah it was really really cool too i mean to, to it's cool to listen to these conversations that they have because some of these people that they talk to are pretty big names in the horror industry and yeah. i think it's really cool to be able to like talk to people who are again far more incitive of the industry than us audience members yes and, and yeah another thing i also enjoy about their stuff or their show is like the games that they play <laughs> if you listen to yeah. this new episode that they just released like because they're part of Wondery and they're part of the Morbid Network, some of their episodes are released earlier than what's regularly released. Mm-hmm. So this week, if you don't have Wondery Plus, they released the Who Am I game. Yeah. They had their friend Brandon on and they played a game of Who Am I. And it's a really fun game that I really want to try to play on the podcast sometime. But okay. yeah. it's stuff like that that's just really fun for me to listen to. <laughs> Yeah. It really is. Well, I mean, I've, I've listened to a few clips here and there of mostly horror, mm-hmm. but the stuff that, I most, that I've listened to is really good, and um, they are pretty funny, I will say, so I'm mm-hmm. actually excited to see how this is going to be like that on this show today. I yeah. just feel like there's probably going to be a little too much laughing, but that's okay, because that's what makes a, a an episode or something great, you know, is just enjoy each other and just the laughter. Yeah, and that's, for me as a fan of their show, I'm really excited to just be able to talk to them because as an audience member or as like a fan of their podcast, you know, I listen to all of their podcasts and I'm really interested to talk with them some more about the horror genre because I feel like between <laughs> Sean and Steve, <clears throat> yeah. there's a lot of stuff that you and I have in common with them. Yeah. Like me and Sean specifically, like it seems like we share similar like horror experiences. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, with, and similar tastes as well. Yeah, and then what about me and... Uh, Steve? Yeah. I mean, you've been around horror almost... I want to say almost all your life. I'm not too sure. I've been through it all my life, yeah. Steve is pretty new to the horror genre. And I'm not being mean. It's just me, I surround myself with it, like, since I was a little kid. So it's kind of weird when I hear other people be like, oh, I got into it when I was, like, 25 or when I was, like, 23. I'm just like, Seriously? Like, I mean, I kind of um, got into horror, like, in my late l- teens. Like, I didn't know if parents sheltered their children until they were old enough to actually watch some of the stuff. But it's yes. a little bit of both. Okay. Like, for me, it wasn't just the fact that my parents didn't think that that kind of stuff was appropriate for me. Yeah. But it was also about 
what I was interested in at the time. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy a lot of comedy. I did enjoy some dramas. Yeah. Rom-coms were kind of silly, but I, I kind of liked that aspect of, like, turning my brain off and just enjoying the story, even though, like, rom-coms are the same story over and over again. I like that my parents, like my mom, for example, she never baptized us Catholic because she wanted us to have different choices, like, different religious beliefs and stuff like that. But this is the same way it goes with movies and television. My mom wanted me to watch whatever. She gave us a choice what to watch. So when it came to growing up, I watched a lot of different genres, Mm -hmm. like comedies, horrors, fantasies, um, porn, um, (laughs) sorry, no, Um, No. dramas, you know, like just basically anything, even rated R stuff my mom was okay with. And I was like kind of shocked. I like kind of lucked out on that. And another thing too is like, I do want to apologize if anybody heard from last week's episode, if you heard any like dogs crying oh my god stop it no it's like i was doing the editing for that podcast last week and i kept hearing crying i legitimately thought it was lily lily sitting next to me and crying at me but then i go to look and she's not even in the room and i'm like i was gonna the say fuck? it's chef ghost <laughs> no i would play it back again and it was the recording so oh. there we do have our dogs here they are in the room with us we are recording pretty earlier in the day on a saturday so hopefully they'll be okay they'll be chill they'll be mellow but if you hear crying or barking i will try my best to edit but it's sometimes out of my control well you just do what you gotta do honestly Mm -hmm. you know you try to you try to make it like the best recording that you can. Right. Try to pretty up a little bit. You know, it may not be perfect, but at least you tried. Right. And that's the important part here. Right. So with this interview today, we're actually going to be doing another movie review featuring Steve and Sean from Mostly Horror. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Megan. Megan, yes. Which, at this point, Megan has just been released on Peacock. They have the theatrical and the unrated version if we waited a little bit longer we could have just watched it on peacock instead of like going to the theater but that's not the point because watching especially a horror movie in the theater is great i know and i i was really happy to go see megan when we did because as we said before it was a good movie i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i was going to Mm -hmm. and as i said we're recording this the day before this episode is going to be released so It came out on Friday on Peacock. I watched it yesterday. Yeah. It was really good. I told my... I haven't uh, watched the unrated uh, version, but I haven't heard anybody say anything about... I feel like the unrated version is just basically like the movie when we watched it. And, you know, I mean... Did you watch it? No. Well, when we saw in the theater, I mean, how unrated was that to you? Well, no, it it was rated. The version that we watched in theater was PG-13. That's lame. They released the PG-13 and the unrated version on Peacock. So I guess the unrated version is going to be the rated R one. It'll add like more like... Well, unrated doesn't have a rating. It's not even rated R. It's just the unrated version. Oh. Well, isn't unrated like basically take like deleted scenes that they could have had and they put it on there? Kind of. Not really. That's like the director's cut. Ah, okay. Yeah, that, that's more of like a director's cut version. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. No, this is gonna be a f- this is gonna be a fun episode. So I'm yeah. looking forward to this. So, yeah. I I am excited too because, like I said, we've had we had a great time talking with Ben Scrivens last week. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to our recording this week with Steve and Sean. 
it's very exciting for me to be able to talk more about horror with other horror fans. Yeah. I mean, not for nothing. I do like talking to you, but you're not as, like... Lively. No, you're just not as... I don't want to say inquisitive. Wow. She basically call me dumb people. (laughs) No. Thanks, hon. (laughs) You just don't really have more of, like, an input. Like, I can tell you... Like, we watched The Witch the other day. Oh, shit. That and movie? It was, yeah. It was pretty interesting. I can tell you things I liked and didn't like about the movie. And you're just sitting here like, oh, it was really good. I thought it was amazing. That's it. Well, I no, mean... No elaboration, no explanation, just, it was all right. Or I you, liked it. You actually almost rhymed there. Um, no... <laughs> No explanation or elaboration. Yes. Look just, at you, little just, rapper. Just, it's all right. No, no, and no, I'm no. Like, Well, I could put it into more detail, but I would have to think about it. But my head hurts because I'm not so smart. Wow. Well, hey. <laughs> Thanks, hon. Your words, not, not mine. Not mine. Shut up. Anyway. Anyway. No, but honestly, though, I actually do enjoy it. It has definitely a darker tone than most, like... A24 movies I've seen. A24. A24 movies I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I like the tone of it. I mean, the tone, the aspect, the the, the folk horror uh, style you, to it with the yeah. 16th or 17th century, like, like, period pieces. Like, I love shit like that. So Yeah, this is definitely a folk horror period piece. And it kind of, like, highlights certain aspects of the Salem witch trials, like the mass hysteria. I don't want to say mass hysteria because it's really just a small farm, Uh, like a family on a small farm. I like this because it kind of reminds me of the 1983 movie Eyes of Fire. Mm -hmm. And Eyes of Fire was pretty much like this, you know, with uh, colonial... um, this 17th century aspect where these fam- colonial, where th- colonial horror. horror where this family is going to uh, find land. They move out of their village and go and find somewhere in the forest where they can make their own land. But in the Eyes of Fire version is actually like the um, the the spirits in the forest don't like that they're trying to like go like into their colony or go into their forest to make so land. So how does this pertain to the witch for you? Kind of just the the folk horror and forest aspect and instead there's no indigenous people in the witch. Instead there's witches that are in the forest and in Eyes of Fire there's indigenous people. But the, I mean that seems pretty problematic. Yeah, what do you mean? If the indigenous people are the ones responsible for what's going on in terms of, like, the horrors of Eyes of Fire, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's pretty problematic. Yeah. But in The Witch, it's like you said, it starts off with this witch abducting baby Samuel from the family. Yeah. And then it causes the mother to grieve in a very, like... Yeah. prolonged way. It's kind of a slow it, burn, but it keeps going it fast. Is a, it is a very slow burn movie, but I feel like... It does go once, faster. Once Caleb has that moment in the woods where he kisses the uh, witch, yeah. then it starts to kind of escalate from there. Exactly. But, and uh, <clears throat> But even still, it's like, there's so many things. Because again, it's like mass hysteria yeah. it starts with one thing like with the baby going missing yeah. and then caleb going missing and then he turns up naked and delusional and it just snowballs from there yeah and, and then the children going into fits i'm gonna say right now we're gonna hold our thoughts for the witch until <sighs> we do a more deeper dive into it all right well in that in mind 
Let uh-huh. us go into our episode today and interviewing with Mostly Horror. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Colin. And I'm Aaliyah. And today we have our special guests. We have Mostly Horror. We have... Steve and Sean from Steve Mostly Horror. Sean. I am horrible with names, but I see faces, yes. But <laughs> I was like, how... call me something different. I'll just... I'll, okay, okay, I'll call yeah, you I'll, Boo Boo I'll Kitty Fuck. But I'm super excited to have you guys on the show, like we said. Yes, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so... Today we're going to be talking about the movie Megan. This is our Megan review. We Mm -hmm. did say, like, earlier we were going to do a Megan review eventually, and we're just happy to have you two on to join us. I know, what a better way to do this, right? Yeah. This is great. I'm very excited. I do want to ask some questions and let our listeners get to know you guys a little bit better. So, why don't you tell us about your show... What you guys do, how it got started, and all that good stuff. And how do you guys meet, stuff like that. Sure. Oh, for the well, show. I dropped a pencil in second grade, and then we both went to go grab it. No, yeah. Um, yeah. And That's, do you want to go? Wow. Easy. <laughs> do you want to take that one? Do you want to take... Uh, uh, meeting or the show? <clears throat> I don't know. Um, okay. How do so we I guess- meet? I, I got it. I, I got the meeting. So we went to the same middle school and high school, but we didn't. I was not aware of who Steve was until high school. And at least in my experience, we had a lot of mutual friends that yeah. would tell me like, oh, my God, you would get along with Steve Goldberg. Great. Like we both yeah. liked the same weird movies and whatever. Uh, so I had a, had a couple friends that would bring him up. And I'd be like, OK. Shout out to Sarah Mellis. Yes, I was going to say Sarah Mellis is is definitely one of those people. Um, But yeah, and so, you know, we'd see each other around, but nothing really happened. And then we actually started hanging out because we were in a band. I think that's like the main main thing. And we were like, let's work on stuff. Let's make movies together. So we would, (laughs) you know, work on these different projects and stuff. That's true friendship. uh, Yeah, but I think the band was a real big solidifier and like turning into hanging out on a regular basis um yep. nice rest yeah. in peace on alaska yeah whoop whoop, oh. dude <laughs> 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 but uh yeah. but the show the show came around uh you know i think a lot of people just started making podcasts uh during the pandemic and, and starting projects and stuff yeah same right. with us yeah we before the pandemic yes we did we, I, I, yes <laughs> i our our ball got rolling yeah. heavier with the pandemic but we did start before uh, nice. i'll let steve take the podcast end of things yeah essentially before i mean sean and i were living together in michigan and before covid happened we were thinking about doing a podcast and we were very much going along with the formula of like my favorite murder we were going to be like you talk about a movie then i'll talk about a movie and then something will happen and it'll be good <laughs> and we tried that like three times i think we had three episodes recorded mm-hmm. and they weren't good and so we just didn't we didn't do it we we're like we're gonna just think about this and figure out you know what what's gonna work for us and um i i'm a big fan of hot ones the tv show is that's not like unique oh, yeah. at all oh, i know hot ones, like yeah. hot ones i also am a fan of this basketball podcast that i listen to um, that's very interview based. And so once COVID happened, I uh, moved to New York and we decided now that we're hundreds of mi- 900 miles away, whatever, let's start doing an interview based podcast over Zoom. So we just decided that we were going to bring on people from the horror genre, creatives, you know, writers, directors, actors, as well as fans of the genre that do other professions. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big basketball guy, I work for a basketball team. One of my 
Nice. But one of the earliest guests that we had was a professional basketball player that's just a big horror head. That's um, awesome. So like, yeah, so like that sort of thing. We want to get people that are fans of the genre, but maybe like a comedian or, you know, this or that or whatever. So, uh, yeah, we did that two years ago now. It's been two years since we started. We're almost at episode 100. We've had almost 100 wonderful guests. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, every week we bring on people from the genre and uh, ask them about, you know, their careers, random things about them that aren't horror related, as mm-hmm. well as, you know, whatever they're working on right now. Yeah. yeah. It's funny when Steve pitched the idea, I was like, that sounds crazy that sounds like so much work to get to get like people on a consistent basis you know an interview focus thing but yeah. um mm-hmm. the idea of being able to talk to people that you think are cool you know and, and people that you've admired in in the industry for a long time i was like ah if we can make that work then then let's do it yeah. and here we are yeah yeah that's awesome it was kind of like the same with us too when we first started Abby Normal Podcast. It was like it wasn't all horror based right yet. It was like a yeah. little bit of horror based. We had other things. We talked about eighties trivia. We talked about what we did we some different types of trivia, but like you said, we didn't have our niche yet. We yeah. just were kind of like, let's just talk about like what we're passionate about or things that sure. even things from Rochester, New York that people probably don't know about. So yeah. one of our earliest episodes, we, we talk, talk about garbage plates. Yeah. And we, we talk, talk about, about our food delicacies and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And so yeah. it wasn't, I think until fall of our first year of doing the podcast. Yeah. We it was that first doing, season. Yeah. Yeah. We started doing some like more horror content and then a lot of people liked it. So I was like, well... And what we're always passionate about, too, is that. horror. Yeah, yeah we always <laughs> exactly. were passionate about that type of stuff. So we were like, why can't we just be a horror base? And then that's when we, we just went all black, makeup and all, and just became, <laughs> like, dark. Right. And a little yeah, bit funny, mean, but yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah absolutely. We also were like. kind of, like, really getting into... Um, dead meat podcast at the time yes yeah yeah because we our friend had introduced us to james agenese's youtube channel with the kill counts and stuff and mm-hmm. i'm like oh he's so funny and it's i so love good. i love all these little videos and stuff and then his wife chelsea does the podcast aspect of the channel mm-hmm. and we actually got to meet them once at a convention and I was just asking them so many questions about what, how they do what they do, and very, yes. really cool meeting. You did not breathe during that uh, during that talk; like you just kept <laughs> going. So, so. <laughs> you know, I was going to say because I got starstruck in that moment, but you got starstruck being David Naughton. Oh, that was prior. I felt like Garf from Wayne's World when I met David. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> we just had David Pryor on our show recently. Um, yeah. Not David that, Pryor, David Naughton. Oh no! I'm sorry. I thought I was. <laughs> that was a good I interview. You said David Pryor. No, David not from American Werewolf okay. in London. Oh yeah. no, that would be sick. Yeah, oh, he's awesome. Oh, I, I had I had chills, and actually, we met Malcolm McDowell also from A Clockwork yeah. Orange, and he hugged yeah. me. I've I've gotten to meet Malcolm as well, yeah. and uh, he he definitely gets the vibe. Like you can tell. I don't know. He's going to be honest about however he's feeling, but he yeah. seems like he was fairly friendly with us oh, i yeah. missed out on this I, I had to leave the convention for like two hours but he had lunch with with cam and Lindsay, our, our friends oh um, god yeah, yeah. They, they were just chatting for like 45 minutes oh that's um, awesome that's they, amazing they, yeah yeah his, his hotel room was like down the hall from ours and we were geeked about that yeah yeah, yeah. ben ben you was... could think that he's cold and heartless but he was in the newest seasons of gossip girl yeah so i feel like <laughs> But no, I mean, I don't think bad of him or anything, but it's just he was so sweet to us and he was just so nice. But I know with other people who were like kind of like crazy fans, he was kind of like, 
you need to slow down, you know? Sure. Yeah. And, I mean, that's he, fair. He was so awesome, too, because, like, I love Rob Zombie's Halloween renditions, and... Yeah. So I just, my first question to him was like, what's Rob Zombie like as a director? Like, I was so, so amazed. And I was, ugh, it's amazing. The, the horror convention circuit mm. is something I can't stress enough that people need to go to horror conventions. Exactly. People are, are awesome. I've had, yes. I got to have drinks with, with Heather Langenkamp, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, I, yeah. I got a funny story yeah. about that, too, because when we went to ScareCon... Uh, Oh, no, not Heather, but, but um, uh, a couple years ago, we actually met, I met Amanda Weiss, who was the first victim in Nightmare on Elm Street, and I bought a uh, Freddy Krueger gnome, like a, a, gar- a garden gnome, and <laughs> yeah. she saw me in the crowded, in this big crowd room. He's and, walking around, like, holding it in yeah. his arm. And she sees and she com- me. She and- sees him and comes up to him, and she's like, she thought it was a cookie jar, but he's like, oh, no, it's a garden gnome. <laughs> And she's like, can I take a picture? And he's like, sure. Yeah, she took so a she, picture of me with the garden gnome. She took a picture and she's like, I'm going to send this to Robert. And I'm like, you mean Robert England? And she's like, yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. best friends. We text each other. I'm like, oh my God. So somewhere on Robert's phone, there's yeah. a picture of Colin holding a Freddy Krueger garden yeah, gnome. But I will say, I know, it's, it's the only time I've probably ever met Robert. I'm on his phone. But yeah, no. Yeah, um, but, yeah but in that yeah. convention, there was... But I got to tell you the drink story, which is oh. hilarious, because I uh, had drinks and got, not drunk, but tipsy with Courtney Gaines, who played Malachi in Shaun of the Corn, the red hair one, and yeah. the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. Nice. Yeah, and I, dr- and I drank with yeah. both of them, and literally they were the funniest people ever. It's just like, oh my god, uh, Courtney Gaines looked like a college teacher because he had the the college sweatshirt on. He was really nice to talk yeah. to. I think the one guy we didn't talk to was the 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 guy who was in Night of the Creeps. He's the kid that was also in uh, um, National Lampoon's Vacation Part Two. He oh, was the yeah, son, Rusty. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and That's he, awesome. yeah, and he was he was nuts. I don't know what he did at that party, <laughs> but yeah, he had a way a little too much, and he, I think he was having too much with everything. But yeah, I definitely want to go back to doing more conventions. I want to because those are a lot great. of fun. Yeah, if we can uh, have our podcast I, there, that'd be sweet. My it is like one of my favorite weekends of the year to go to. You know, this convention I go to back home. There's just nothing like it, especially when you can find like a small. I mean, a lot of horror conventions you're gonna find are. It's not like Comic Con, you know. It's, yeah, it's smaller and more intimate, but they can get really awesome guests. Uh, you know, these these people that are in amazing movies, and a lot of them are friendly. I've, you know, you, every now and again you come across someone who's I don't know, maybe they're just having a bad day. I'm not going to list names. I'm yeah, like, oh, call them out. No, I'm <laughs> not going to. I'm not going to. Oh but my god, Ernie Hudson, not just been, <laughs> <laughs> Most of them have been very very friendly, and yeah. uh, to any listeners, uh, if you are a big horror fan and you're not yet hitting the convention circuit could not recommend it enough i'm yeah. packed with stories clearly you guys are packed with stories oh yeah oh yeah even just like the two conventions we went to or even just the one but mm-hmm. like we just had a whole bunch of stories from that because we just had too much of a good time oh, yeah. yeah i mean we even met kincaid from uh from nightmare on elm street part three nice yeah wow. and he yeah. was yeah he was so funny he's really friendly yeah too. Yeah. But yeah. I do want to ask a couple more questions before we go into Megan. So, sure. I, like I said, as a fan of your show, I know that you guys have different introductions to the genre. Mm-hmm. Like, Sean, you read a lot of, like, children's horror growing up. Yeah. And Steve, you got into horror, kind of like me, pretty late in the <sighs> game, right? Mm-hmm. So, what 
you guys like I think one of the stories you guys told on your show is like Steve your earliest intro was like movies like Hereditary and Psychological Horror. One of my questions I started asking people was like what's your favorite subgenre of horror and what's your favorite movie from that subgenre? Who first? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll go first. Yeah. I yes. so I will say I did I did dabble before like you know 2018 but i um i definitely wasn't a full-blown fan it was one of those things you would have to like drag me to go see it like i kind of tell the story of like quarantine um the film that came out or like even paranormal activity things along those lines like Mm. my brothers and my friends had to bring me to go see those movies i wasn't like seeking them out like i am now um but yeah hereditary definitely took oh my god just like stole my heart i would say that my favorite I don't know. Subgenre is weird. Like, I don't know if I could pick a favorite. I'll just, I'll say I really like psychological horror mm-hmm. or, or really like ones that lean more like thrillers than horror horror. Um, right. So yeah. not even counting hereditary. Like, I love the movie Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, oh, yeah. That's more just like a feel like shit movie. It's not really a horror film. It's yeah. mostly horror. Um, hereditary is definitely you know my favorite favorite it's also my favorite of its genre of its genre that's like dramatic art house horror mm-hmm. um and then the other one that i'll throw in there is um large monster movies and found footage films so cloverfield is like ah i've top, never seen that top of the list yeah Cl- cloverfield is so good it's i think it's 20 years old now yeah. or 15 years cool. old or Wait, something what? They really? just, no 15 maybe 15 i think it's 15 uh, i thought it came, it came out, out in 2010 but yeah you're you're probably you're definitely right <sighs> definitely be 15 yeah. which is weird uh, one, <laughs> one eight one eighteen oh eight is when it came out oh my god i'm oh god um, old but yeah, they just released a, a 4K for its 15th anniversary. But regardless, oh, uh, so yeah, I mean, definitely like Hereditary's number one. That's crazy. Cloverfield's number two, uh, and then Killing of a Sacred Deer, if I can count it. Yeah. Um, more so just because I love that movie and it makes me feel awful. Mm. So that's why. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> like, no, it's a good way. No, oh, okay, good, good sorry. Yeah, no, no, good no, sad. No, no. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. I just want to make sure, you know. Yeah, that's so, full so. crushing for yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not help. like extremely loud, extremely. What is it? Extremely loud and incredibly close. That makes me feel bad, but it's about nine eleven. So that's like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah. No, oh my, I think it was yeah. a different, different kind of bad. I was almost yeah. gonna say that kind of reminds you of that other, well, it's kind of like a nine eleven movie, but remember me with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, that, that was, movie's fucked up because it's right. not about a nine eleven until it is. Right, <laughs> and, like, and then you watch this character go through this whole like character arc building plot, and then yeah. the ending is just so bleak, and it just made it not only pulled the carpet right out from underneath me, but it just made me feel like total shit at the end. I'm like, oh, this My is God. how they I ended. Did. I never saw it, but I think I know how it goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, spoilers for however old this movie is, but basically, like, this whole movie is, like, it's like a romance. It's like a romantic story with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And they, like, you know, talk about this couple and, like, the stuff that they go through. And then, like, the end, it's like in, like, Abraham Lincoln movies where he's, like, well, off to the theater. It's like (laughs) he he's something like oh I, I have to go to work and it's like he's going to the world yeah. Trade centers and you're like no right <laughs> like, what are you doing <laughs> in like hiroshima and like it was a beautiful love right. story and then at the oh very end he looked oh my like, god oh. that's frightening just like yeah man it's i i feel like that could be like i don't know if i watch it that could be kind of fun i'm not trying to dog on it but it also kind of sounds like the message of it is 
and they were people too, you know? Like, <laughs> like they had lives. They weren't just a number. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's funny. So uh, what about what about you, Sean? What's your favorite subgenre? Yeah. Uh, Tell us about you. A, yes, this is such a tough, a tough question. Um, <laughs> because I, I don't think my answer is going to be I, I'm, I'm mainly into horror movies that are focused on the evils that we do to each other, like mm-hmm. sick people. Uh, but it's not necessarily slasher films. Um, so I take little bits of... I, I like killers and I like deranged people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of what I lean into. So some of my favorites, to give an idea, is you know, The Strangers, Halloween. Yeah. I saw recently you guys have been... Or I think you're still in the middle of going through a, a Saw breakdown. Um, yeah. I think we're almost yeah, done I, with it, actually. Well, we've, most, we've mostly wrapped it up. We still yeah. haven't watched Spiral. Nah. We were going to do, eventually, like an episode where we just rank our favorite saw traps eventually but until we see saw or not saw but spiral Mm -hmm. we'll eventually wrap up the franchise but for now it's put on pause yeah got you got you yeah you might as well just wait until the 10th one comes out yeah Yeah, when i heard that i'm like they're gonna make another one yeah like i i could go on for hours about Saw. It is a, a very complicated relationship I have with that franchise. I love a good deranged killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love a sick, twisted family like, like oh. House of Thousand Corpses. And if you can nail, if you can do a home invasion in a different way, like that's that's really where I lean. But I love everything. Uh, like Steve said, kaiju movies, giant monster movies are also a love of mine. When ghost movies are done well, I'm about that, but but I, killers, killers yeah. is gonna is gonna be my simplified subgenre answer for you. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. Like my favorite subgenre is slashers, and mm-hmm. if you had asked me probably prior to 2021, I think I would have said like Halloween's my favorite. Mm-hmm. But when I saw the Fear Street trilogy, I was like, oh my god, they totally changed the formula here, and I. I loved what Janet Lee did. She, like I said, she took that slasher formula and rewrote it in a way that was much more different than anything I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So I, I do enjoy slashers quite a bit. But, you know, there are other movies that I've seen that are really interesting, too. Like, Kyle and I watched The Witch for the first time this I week. I love The Witch. It's oh, nice. so good. And it was... I'm not usually into period pieces, but I, this one was like yeah. really intense. And just that the I one have, I have a black Philip tattoo. Oh, that's do you cool. really? Oh my <laughs> god, that's even better. It's upside down. I love it. Yeah, Kyle and I got Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Oh tattoos yeah, actually, for... yeah. Uh, turn nice. around there. Uh, yeah, right there. Hell yeah. Yep, that is then... fantastic. Yep. I don't know if you can see mine that well, but there. it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Those are sick. Yeah, yeah so when I'm you put jealous. our arms together, it just looks like they're about to make out. Yeah, they're facing each other. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, that, that hot undead romance. Yeah, that um, very hot mo- romantic macabre way. Yes, you know. I have to say, really quick, I um, the Museum of Moving Image in Queens. Oh. Uh, I just, I went there recently, and I just went back again yesterday, and realized that the first time I went, I had missed something. They have, the from the Bride of Frankenstein, from the movie, they have her wig there. Oh. And I didn't know that that was there until yesterday or until uh, Wednesday. <laughs> That's when so cool. And I, it's so cool to see in person, right? Yeah. Isn't that yeah. awesome? They have a lot of cool stuff there, but sorry, oh you bringing God. that up just made me think about it. It's oh, such a sad. wild thing to, to go and see that. I want to wear so, the wig. That would be amazing. That like too. <laughs> right. That reminds me. And I mean, I'm, I want to get into Megan, I promise, but 
I'm yeah, sorry. Like I said, fan of the podcast. I listened to the episode where Steve, you talked about going to Salem, Massachusetts, on a trip, and you yes. talked about Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery. Yes, I think we, we went, to that. We went there. Yeah. yeah, we went there. We went to Salem for our honeymoon back in 2021. Yeah, because we and got married October 30th. Nice. So yeah. we went there for our honeymoon and we were recommended. They're like, you know, people are like, well, if you like horror movies, you should go check out this museum because it's amazing. And when you brought it up, I was like, I know that place. Oh my God. <laughs> and Sean, you would love it. It is amazing oh. in there. But yeah, I'm so jealous that everyone here is bad and not me. I'm so it. sorry, dude. I you, will, I'll take you. I mean, you and me can go it together. Is, That'd be fine. All right, let's go. Yeah. It is very. It's a date. I would love to go on a group trip back to Salem. It is so beautiful there. But one of the things that I thought was very interesting about that museum was the placement of these wax figurines. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you'll just be in like a certain part of the room just looking at the statues. And then all of a sudden you catch the like leering glance of one of them. And it just, it shakes you. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Like that, well, it's also really, you're it's hiding like behind small. me. Yeah. It's not like claustrophobic small, but it's like mm -hmm. small enough to where you're like, yeah. You turn left, and there's this person. You turn right, and there's this person. And then, like, the werewolf from American Werewolf in London is, like, Yeah, I love that one. That um, was a good one. I enjoyed but, that. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's really cool. I, I like that it's they don't let you take photos. Like, it's yeah. one of those experiences that you just have to experience. Um, right. Experience and it's not yourself, like yeah. it's, like, humongous or anything. But shout, I wish I had. I, I used to have, um, fuck, I don't know where I put it. I had his business card somewhere. Um, because okay. I want I wanted to bring him on the show and talk to him about his uh, nightmare factory or whatever it's called. But regardless, awesome. shout out to the owner of that place for curating all that really yeah. cool yeah, stuff. That was amazing. Because because yeah. with me that that moment that it happened where I was just looking around and I caught like the evil leering glance of the grand high witch from the witches and it just scared the mm -hmm. shit out of me i'm like oh god yeah, <laughs> yeah. that so movie still gives me chills even when i was a kid to this day because it was just so funny for me growing up because i didn't say my favorite genres or anything but growing up i've gotten into horror when i was like six or seven and i got into Ooh. universal monsters you know that was my yeah. first horror and then after that it evolved to like other things like horror comedy slashers i love folk horror more than anything folk horror is so good especially like the witches eyes of fire just ba basically any like period pieces like horror like-esque like movies are really good wicker and, man yes wicker i'm man a fan. huge wicker man fan i mean that movie one. still gives me chills i i won't watch that at night sometimes because yeah. i just feel like they're gonna pop out of nowhere with the animal heads yeah like in right. our in I, our garden in the apartments over here i liked i liked wicker man I did not like Midsummer though, yeah. but I don't. I'm not. Gonna <laughs> those eyes, I know what those <laughs> eyes are. <laughs> he just logs off. He's like, he's like, I gotta go. Boop. I'll just leave it there. Mid I I enjoy Midsummer. I know she kept pausing the movie because she's talking about mm. how much she hated it, and I'm sitting here and be like, can we just at least watch the movie, please? Like, no, like, the, like, the oh, first, so bad. The first twenty minutes, I just got so frustrated. I was like. <laughs> like wait what are they even doing i'm like they're having the same conversation <laughs> what about, is going on <laughs> like they're having the same conversation with different people mm -hmm. but I, I don't want to take up too much <laughs> i'm so sorry yeah <laughs> that's but, like a conversation for another time but, but yeah but if i had to pick universal monsters um, comedy horror and folk uh, folk horror is my favorite sure so, yeah yeah, oh, yeah. 
until yeah. later on. Yeah, so... Yeah, before we go into an ADHD wormhole that we like to do on the show, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> go. Choir. Yeah, I know, right? So we're gonna go into Megan now. So yeah. All right. So Megan was released on January twenty sixth of twenty twenty three. It has a runtime of an hour and forty two minutes, and was directed by Gerard Johnstone, produced by James Jason Blum and James Wan. And I almost confused the names right there. <laughs> Jason, Jason Wan and uh, yeah, James. Yeah, Bond. there's a yeah. lot, lot of, lot of Jays going on. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of white men. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Jays being passed around, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I guess James Wan's not a white man. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my god. I have a Jason oh. Blum Funko here somewhere. I'm like, hey, oh, it's right me. in front of you. So yes. I'm like, don't judge me. Yeah. yeah, she has a whole bunch of Funkos of, like, horror stuff and everything. I know, like, if I look up, there from one end of my desk to the other, there's all these horror Funkos. Yeah. And I've got Jason Blum, Jordan Peele, Candyman, a big-ass Michael Myers, like, right in the middle, and then it just yeah. keeps going over. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, like, looking at the Jason Blum, like, don't you judge me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he had one. That's fine. I'm looking at it right now. You got him in, like, the red suit and everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, you see it? So- what is that? Yeah, it makes sense. I just wouldn't oh. have thought about it. Oh, I know. It was cool, though. I like the Jordan Peele one, too. Yeah, the Jordan Peele one with his hat on and everything. He just looks so, like, chill. He looks like he's from East L.A., you know? Yeah. He's got that look. <laughs> the movie stars Allison Williams as Gemma, mm-hmm. Violet McGraw as Katie. That was Caddy. Where is it, Katie? They're, they're pulling a Mean Girls here. Uh, Lindsay Lohan's character's name is... Katie, but it looks like it's pronounced Caddy on paper. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, Katie. Brian Jordan Alvarez as Cole, Jen Brown as Tess, and there are two people who play Megan. So Amy Donald does the physical movements of Megan, and Mm -hmm. Jenna Davis voices Megan. And That was freaky, too. I didn't know that Violet McGraw was sisters with, is it Madeline McGraw? She was in Black Phone. From Black Phone. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know see. that. Is she? Yeah. Oh, shit. Apparently, apparently, all two of them come from, like, a sibling acting. They're like the Skarsgårds. So they have two brothers who act, mm. and then Madeline and Violet also act. So it's really Gosh. interesting. Man, now like, I gotta look this one up. Yeah, but Violet McGraw, she was in Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. She played young now. I am Dr. Love. Oh, Doctor Sleep is a great one. Yes. I love Doctor Sleep. That's oh my god, such a good sequel. Yeah, she's at, she's at the beginning of Doctor Sleep. I love oh, okay. Mike Flanagan. But anyway, <laughs> so big fan. <laughs> big fan. Yeah. So Amy Donald performed Megan's scenes that called for physical movements that the puppets could not do. So they did a bit of both. They did animatronic puppetry and real life actors mm-hmm. so she did all of her own stunt work and she was coached by jed brophy and luke harker hawker sorry my words are not working today yeah no trust me she will butcher words sometimes she is the butcher so so jed brophy and luke hawker uh she coached with them to portray like megan's agility movements and then on set donald wore a Static silicone Megan mask mm-hmm. that was created by Morat FX, mm-hmm. and this was later replaced by a CGI version of Megan's face to match that of like the animatronic movements, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, it's wild. the The work that they did to get the Megan effect mm-hmm. is crazy. There's there's so much that goes into it. 
Um, also, the fact that they just had a static face must have been like yeah. I want to see the I want to see the Blu-ray featurettes where uh, it's like I wonder if they knew about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So when I'm she does sure, the dance, yeah. oh my god, I yeah. would run if I was that person. Like literally, right. <laughs> terrifying. And then Megan's voice was modeled in part off of another famous AI gone rogue, Gladys from the movie Portal from 2007. Hmm. And this is the most audible portion during scenes when Megan's voice is auto-tuned in order to sound glitchy, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. I kind of like that. But I yeah. never saw Portal. I don't know. I don't know what Portal is. Yeah, I actually never knew uh, what the what is Portal. Hmm. Uh, it, well, it was. I'm assuming it's one of those, like I said, an AI gone wrong mm-hmm. movie, kind of sure. like iRobot. Yeah. And I know you guys have also talked about AI horror on your show, but what are your thoughts? Oh about this <laughs> like oh <laughs> you have four hours for sean to <laughs> i'll try to All keep right. it short we'll start it so now we're talking about yeah we're talking just I, uh, let me make sure i understand the question you're, you're just asking like general thoughts on ai um, yes yeah, so like ai horror yeah i guess when it comes to ai horror and the initial release of the trailers for megan like what mm-hmm. were our first thoughts of the movie yeah. Um, well, so okay. Well, my initial reactions to the trailer for Megan, funny enough, were that I I wasn't that interested. I was like, ah, you know, like I'm curious. I'll see it, but I I didn't get the vibe that it was um, that it was exactly like what I was looking for at the time. Yeah. Um, kind of felt like blockbustery. I was like, oh sure, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I I just wasn't that excited about it. And it was kind of as things went on that I. I became more and more interested. And then when I got to see it, I was very pleasantly surprised and, and ended up enjoying it way more than I thought that I was going to. Yeah. Um, but AI horror in general, I guess I haven't seen a ton. Like, is it weird that my first thought goes to Smart House, uh, the <laughs> Disney Channel movie? Oh my God, yeah, Smart House. <laughs> that is so... Oh my God, that's my childhood oh my God, right there. My I God. was going to say, that's taking me back. Like That's yeah. taking me back. I think I was 10 when that came out. Oh my God. No, something like that, man. It's yeah, uh, Smart House is amazing. I think that is one of the scarier scarier takes at AI horror still to this day. Um, but I, I don't know. I hadn't really thought a lot about it until now. Like we're, we're kind of in a, um, I don't know, a, a time in our society where we're, we're facing AI in a very different way. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's technology that's growing more and more by the minute. So it's only been recently that I've been like, hold up, is this something that we actually need to think about a lot? Uh, you know, yeah. with the release of like Chat GPT. I think it's Chat GPT. I, I never get it right. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's scary stuff, man. It's uh, it's definitely definitely scary. It's interesting that Megan kind of hopped on, um, you know, the the remake that they did of Chucky uh, or of Child's Play, which uh, I was not really a big fan of that for sure. When it comes to like AI horror, and that was just not good for me. Sure, yeah, because yeah, I'm just not used to yeah, like I mean, Chucky being AI. But yeah, I mean, it's not for everybody, but yeah. It was, when it came out, I was like, this is an obvious choice for this, you know, for this franchise. I don't think it works as well. And that's why I'm glad we got Megan. I think it kind of, like, did what that reboot was kind of trying to do, you know? But it did better, yeah. 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 Especially since, I mean, both both the Child's Play remake and Megan have similar parallels in terms of plot points. Mm -hmm. Like, both of their victims are animals, you know? And they both learn kind of differently. It's like clean slate you're learning everything new for the first time and then once you realize you have this 
ability that exceeds what humans are capable of doing and you start to realize like oh i am more superior than these people yeah. and you know they kind of just go with it they have the mindset of a baby like you know it's new to everything at first it's, they yeah, do yeah it's pure and stuff and they just see something that's terrible and they think it's okay you know yeah yeah i think the the issue with the child's play remake is that it had the name child's play on it like that's yeah uh, like we're all saying like it's very similar to megan like if it was called something else and not a, a red-haired doll like it probably would have done better or been definitely you know more widely widely accepted because it's i mean i don't i i didn't hate it and i think that it has a lot of through lines i mean i think that you know megan was written better mm-hmm. um, yeah way better but it's, yeah it's very like it's very evident that uh, Megan also like leans into meme culture and that sort of stuff. But like, mm. it's just very evident that it being a part of Chucky probably made it less successful than it could have been. If it was just a normal AI story, they mm. were just ahead of the game. Right. Yeah. And another thing that Megan does that child's play didn't do the remake. It was that it showed the point of view from the person creating the technology. Whereas child's play kind of focused more on the POV of the people using that technology. Yeah, right. And, you know, especially, like, in Megan, when we see that Gemma, early on in the movie, like, she, there's all these red flags presented to her with Megan already, and she's just overlooking it until it becomes too late. And then she's like, mm-hmm. it's like an oh fuck moment. Like, oh fuck, what did I just do? I, I think that's another reason why I like Megan more than Chucky, or the Child's Play remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I, Megan is, with that, with focusing on the creator of the toy and sort of the the corporation aspect of it it's much more of a commentary on on damaging capital yeah (laughs) well yeah yeah you know toxic capitalism and and what we're willing to do and and risk and things that we're willing to take um, and and overlooking like safety procedures and yeah just just greedy people taking advantage of something uh, before they understand it exactly and it also had a lot of parallels to frankenstein almost in a sense. It's like a modern take of Frankenstein, too. Yeah, because it didn't want to be created, you know? Yeah, because, I mean... It didn't have to be. As a roboticist, Gemma's trying to push her own ability of what she's capable of doing as an engineer. So what, what better way to push your ability than to make robots that would be the perfect companion for, like, a kid that could, you know... In a way that can almost do everything that parents could do, essentially. Yeah. Especially the fucked up part yeah. after she lost her parents. Like, in not even, like, ten minutes into the movie, the parents are, like, already gone. Yeah. 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 So... I do want to say, after seeing that movie, I then, without planning to, took a trip to the Pacific Northwest and was like, I want to go visit the mountains. Oh, and they were no. like, it's going to be too snowy. And I was like, nope, I saw a movie about that. <laughs> right. That. Oh, my yeah. God. It's like... I honestly... After you guys sing the thing about Frankenstein, like it makes me we kind I guess we kind of already have that with AI. I feel like every AI movie is just like the AI learning that they have more power than the human, mm-hmm. and like that's kind of how things go wrong eventually. Yeah. But Frankenstein is very much like Frankenstein just wants to be a human and not be hated for like what he looks like and how he is, sort of thing. So I think it would be interesting to get AI from that take. Because Frankenstein just, like, meets a deaf girl and, like, wants to be a human and, like, not, he doesn't, like, try to kill people until it's too late. Yeah. I don't know. He don't mean to, book. but, yeah, yeah, and then he gets scared and he accident- accidentally chokes someone and then they die. But there is yeah. a... Yeah. Yeah. A dog. Yeah. And oh, my God. Oh, that's so sad. There, there is a part, though, in Megan that, for me, watching it the first time, I mean, we'll get to it later and when we go through the plot, but there was a part in the movie where 
it almost made a similar reference to Frankenstein, and I'm a huge Frankenstein fan, so mm-hmm. when I heard her say this quote, I was like, oh, and I pointed, I was smacking ow, Tom, like, ow. she did the she, thing! I know. And I'm like, she hit me hard. I didn't like that. I'm like, she did the thing! <laughs> like, and he's like, what thing? I'm like, she pulled the Frankenstein! I'm like, <laughs> I was I was so, like, yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, was the quote. so it's it's after she kills Gemma's boss at the building. She goes back to Gemma's house, and she's talking to Gemma in the living room. And when she calls Gemma out for not knowing what she's doing, she mm-hmm. says, you gave me an algorithm and then left me to work everything out on my own. Yeah. And it, while yeah. it's not in the original Universal movie, it is highlighted in the, I want to say like 1990 or 1992 remake oh, with Robert nine, De Niro. The 1994 remake with yeah. Robert De Niro and Eric Piranha. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that Frankenstein. That was a freaky ass movie too. It kind of does that, again, that whole Frankenstein parallel where it's mm. like... You have Gemma, the creator, and then you have Megan, the creation, and she's realizing that, like I said, she's more than just a robot, just yeah. like Frankenstein more is just more than just a yeah. creation or a monster, yeah. which I thought was really yeah. cool, and I'm like, oh, I got so jazzed. I was like goosebumps all over. Yeah. No, I was just saying, hell yeah, it's it, it yeah. honestly <laughs> making me realize the parallels between this and Frankenstein more than I had like thought about before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also... Megan's not even the name of the doll. Megan's yeah. the name of the creator. Right? Yeah. It's, it's Megan. Right? I, I don't even know the name of the doll now. What is the name of the doll? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It, 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 could it be Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I do have some pre-production uh, behind the scenes stuff before I go into the plot. So mm-hmm. writer Akila Cooper said that the original body count was supposed to be much higher than the film being and much gorier. And she hoped that the film eventually will have an unrated cut release, which we said which in our just a, yeah, just and with the peacock. Have we? Has anybody watched it yet? Like the unrated version? I no. wanted to. Okay. Came out yeah. a couple days ago, and I've I've been wanting to as well to see how it stacks up because I feel like I'll probably like the unrated even more. Oh, yeah. well, that's one of my biggest grievances with the movie. I'm always like. I always want, give me the darkest version that you can give me. Yeah. Right. right, yeah. That's yeah. what I like about I, The Exorcist, because they had the dark, unrated, like, version of yeah. that with a lot of the deleted scenes, like, especially with Linda Blair as, what was the character's name? Pazulu? And Pazuzu. Pazuzu, mm-hmm. and she came out of the bed, and she does, like, the backwards spider thing, like, down the stairs. Oh, yeah. That's in the yeah. that's in the deleted scenes, and that's, like, they put that in there, and that freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I want. I want you to give me the darkest version of the movie. When we came out of the theater, that's that was one of the only things I was saying was, I wish they had, like, I wish it didn't have to stick to this PG-13, Crap, you know. yeah. Yeah, yeah I want to see the car run over Brandon's head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Give me the gore. Yeah, Which, give me more We death. want death, yes. I, I have an interesting talking point about that scene, but I'll get into it when we get to that part. Okay, but yeah. the, the, but <laughs> The film was originally shot as an R-rated movie until the producers noticed that while editing, it was close enough to being PG-13. So they reshot certain scenes to tone down the violence and believed that it became more effective than actually seeing the violence on screen. Mm -hmm. But Jason Blum cited that Drag Me to Hell was a good PG-13 horror film that was also effective, which... That was fucked, yeah. (sighs) Drag Me to Hell grossed me the fuck out. I'm like... I tell her every time, I was like, you want to watch Drag Me to Hell? And she's like, fuck you. <laughs> like, I'm, every, I'm all every for, time. like, demonic possession and, like, yeah. cursed shit. And evil dead type of stuff, yes. That poor girl, though, had so many, like, vile crap 
thrown in her mouth. She had the and wo- I'm like, <laughs> she had the worst <laughs> day. Yes, yeah, she had yeah. The, the worst freaking day ever. I'm like, drag, that's what drag me to hell jumps the shark when the goat talks. In my opinion, yeah, <laughs> right. Oh my god. <laughs> That part, I, 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 I think I peed myself when I saw that, and literally, and I, I, I let everything go. I was that terrified. But yeah, it's it's such a gross horror film. I mean, there's a bunch of gross horror films, but that one just, oh, I'm like, I, I can't. Was already PG-13 either. Interesting. <laughs> that. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I yeah. saw it once a very long time ago. Yeah, Justin mm-hmm. Long was the man for sure yeah. because he's done some good horror movies too. I mean, he's known for comedies, but he's great in horror films like Jeepers oh, yeah. Creepers, Drag Me to Hell, Tusk, you know, stuff like put, that. Put, just, I'm starting the campaign here. Put put Justin Long in more horror movies. Give him all the horror scripts. Yeah, he was yeah. in Genslinger. Genslinger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He was in Barbarian, too, which I have not seen yeah. yet, but she's seen it, and my friend was like, why the fuck have you not Barbarian. seen Barbarian yet? He's like, you gotta go see it, you know? You have HBO Max, you might as well go and watch it. That movie, yeah, that movie, it's, a, it's just another movie where it just takes the horror genre and rewrites in a way that is game-changing. Yeah, I'm like... Especially with an Airbnb involved? Come on. Oh my god, it's so... Yeah. I mean, because... And it's it's one of the first horror movies I've ever watched where it's like I didn't totally love it, but I didn't hate it, and mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel about it because it's just that bizarre. And it takes kind of where I was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it takes so many hard lefts, and then it's like just when you think you get your footing into the plot, it takes another hard left, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's three different movies, right? So <laughs> if you like parts and don't like parts, it's fine because it's basically three different movies. Yeah, if right. you like one movie, there's another two movies that you'll enjoy and all right. makes into one, yes. <laughs> yes. Alright, so I'll get into the plot. An eight-year-old girl named Katie loses her parents in a car accident and she is sent to live with her aunt, Gemma, a roboticist at the high-tech Se- Seattle toy company, Funky. And Gemma is con- covertly using the company's resources to develop Megan, standing for Model 3 Generative Android, a child-sized humanoid robot doll par- powered by artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Designed to be the ultimate companion, but af- after a faulty test occurs with Megan in their lab, Gemma's boss, David, discovers the project and orders her to discontinue working on it. Gemma and Katie struggled to connect until Katie discovers Bruce, a motion capture robot that Gemma created. Watching Katie with Bruce, Gemma is motivated to complete the project. And one particular scene from this section I wanted to highlight was Gemma and Cole use a pen to track Megan's eye movements. The way this scene is presented through Megan's POV is very similar to the montage scene where Officer Murphy is reconstructed in RoboCop. Which I didn't know that was kind of like a homage. Yeah, wasn't RoboCop kind of like the first AI type of like character? No, Not I wouldn't say AI, but more no. like a human turned robotic or cyborg yeah, Cyborg. Well, there, there was tons of that. I mean, there was Terminator and all that shit, and people consider Terminator as a horror movie, but yeah. Let's get the Did Inspector you? Gadget horror movie. Right? <laughs> I think it's time. Go, think- go, Gadget Machete. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yo. That would be there sick. You go. Yeah. Yeah, we, that happened. When does, when does that's, some, that's some Chris Landon stuff. Who, yeah. Like, for him to take, like, that sort of premise and turn it into a horror film. A hundred percent. Gadget's. All right, Sean. Let's it's, circle up. Can after we? This. Can we really? I'm so sorry to completely derail your conversation. You're okay. fine. You're fine. This is perfect. I love this. This is what I was waiting let's for. Make, 
a Inspector Gadget horror movie and have mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller return. Yes, you that's know, what I was to, thinking. To... <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Either that or Bruce Campbell as Inspector Gadget. Listen, it, it's, he has, they do like a double yeah. for, like in the movie, they make like a whatever of him and they give him these perfect teeth. Yeah. That one, oh my God. Yeah. 100% lean into that. So we were fun. just talking about Justin Long being in more horror films. I see Justin Long as in the, the horror Inspector Gadget. Do oh, you think he would be Dr. Claw or what do you think he would be? Fully, ooh, he'd be so good as either. Right. <laughs> right. Oh my God, you guys are speaking to Colin's 80s child right now. I'm, like, like thank so... you. I am that old and I appreciate it. <laughs> I will say that I want the Claw in this movie to have the deep, the... I'll get you, gadget. Like we have. Wow, to you actually back. did that. Good. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'll get you, gadget. <laughs> that yeah. is awesome. And then the cat's like, yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. What were we talking about? No, we're talking. I do. I didn't write anything down for this part, but I wanted to talk a little bit about like that was funny. Gemma in this in this phase of the movie where she goes from being a single childless woman to being single with a child and in this kind of like not so child-friendly household like really confusing it seems to me like probably because of the way that she lives she's already kind of like a socially awkward type of person that we you know i myself can relate to that i mean Mm. i'm married but i don't have kids yeah but i kind of like am so introverted with my life that i kind of have this social awkwardness yeah and then you throw a kid into the mix and it just makes an even more like awkward situation, which is what we see in this first act of the movie. I see you, yeah, especially with kids. I could see you just being like looking at the kid, be like, "Hi, child." Oh, like, you like it's like that type of aspect I'm, of Aaliyah. That's what she is with children. I'm about to derail, but like <laughs> one of one of these like so I've worked like ten different jobs over the past like eleven years. Oh, one one job that I had. Mm-hmm was working at a portrait studio. Yep, portrait And a large part of our clientele were families with small children. So you have to kind of play while you work to get a good smile or reaction from a child. And I had zero chemistry with children. Yeah. So I was not good at my job. No, and then I came in. And it was just one of those, like, moments where it's like, I'm probably not a child person. Maybe children just aren't for me. Yeah. And that was kind of like that was my little moment, yeah, in life. Yeah, no, I I totally feel that it's uh I think children are the true horror story. Um, oh, pretty yeah. much so. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I love I my favorite movie of all time has always been Children of the Corn. So yes, yeah, that makes oh, sense. Yeah. Yes, yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, it's scary. Daddy daycare. Plus, you guys have kind of like coined the phrase "kill more children horror movies." Do it. Yes, yes. <laughs> we need that. That'd be great. The witch did plenty of that in the movie. I yeah. mean, oh my god! Oh, and there was, was a, so yeah. good. there was a slasher movie back in the early '80s called "Happy Birthday to Me," and there's these kids who are all born under the eclipse, and they become as they got older evil. And on their birthdays, they were killing people. I have to see that you said happy birthday to me. Yeah, and it uh, is fucked up. And uh, I remember one of the kids because he's in this teenage, uh, this teen sex movie back in the eighties called uh, "Just One of the Guys," and he plays the younger brother. But in the movie, uh, there's a scene where they're looking through a peephole where the girl is like getting dressed and naked and everything, and the girl's looking through the peephole, and one of them shoots an arrow through it, goes through her eye and head. 
What? what? It, all right, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I'm going to be watching this. I'm very, very curious. It's so <laughs> good. Fun. I recommend it. And uh, I think I found it on Tubi one time, but I don't know if it's still on there. But yeah. But yeah, I wanted to touch on that part of Megan because <laughs> I feel like most of us can relate to that awkwardness that Gemma presents in this movie. And then that scene with the child psychologist perfect. at the home visit, it's so cringe to watch. Yeah. She's perfect. trying... I feel like... I mean, the one good thing about this is, like, she's set up to succeed. Like, she's a, a white woman who has a great job and makes seemingly a ton of money. Right. Um, so she could just kind of be like, you're going to stay home. And, you know, like, luckily Katie's, however old she is in the movie, like... Eight, 12 I think. Or Eight, really? She yeah. definitely is, like... She seems like she's, like, 12 or oh, yeah. 11 or 10. I don't know. Either way. Luckily, she's set up to succeed, so, like, that's good, because I feel like, I mean, it's movie, it's fake, but I feel like there's a lot of situations where if you were left to take care of, yeah, if you were left to take care of, like, your your dead sister's child, uh, it may not work out as well. Right. Um, But, yeah, I feel like that's something that, you know, she is also not, doesn't seem like a relationship person, like, she doesn't have a lot of relationships, doesn't have a lot of close friends that she, like hangs out with outside of work so right um to be thrust into any kind of relationship even if it's like a parental one is scary oh yeah, yeah that's that's a terrifying idea to me of of like suddenly having to take care of you know a kid when you're when you're just not ready for it and uh i thought it was a bit harsh honestly uh the the like caseworker that was coming to visit was very like what do you mean your your house and life are not already prepped to be able to you know, right. that's how they always are. Sure, right. I, I get, I get safety stuff, but it's like you don't have a toy room. It's kind of right. how it felt. It's like give me a <laughs> yeah. minute. You know, this happened like last week. Right. Once, uh, <laughs> wow. Like it's such a spontaneous thing to happen, and then, like you said, with the caseworker, she kind of feels like she's being kind of like micromanaged or criticized by this caseworker. So it only yeah. amps up the awkwardness even and that more. That was a third degree burn for sure. So, yeah, yeah, but it was it was just a very interesting. I mean, I almost kind of feel like I see it in other movies like this, where it's like you go from a child free household to a suddenly a child household household, and you have to kind of adjust in that short amount of time. So then, and then to be kind of like scrutinized by like a caseworker, social worker, somebody of authority who has the ability to take that away. Mm-hmm. Can be very, like, stressing, I can see. Exactly. And I don't mean to interrupt. I mean, the reason why I left, I had to check something because I apologize because for me is because the movie I was just talking about, it's not called Happy Birthday to Me. There is a movie called Happy Birthday to Me, but the movie that I'm talking about is called Bloody Birthday. Okay. Bloody Birthday. Bloody Birthday. Okay. Yeah, Bloody Birthday. I was going to watch a different movie. Oh, I know. He'll be like, wait a minute, there's no kids in here. And, uh... They're both 81, and yeah. they're both, they yeah, both the, have birthday and the time. Like, that is a fair mistake to have made. Yeah, <laughs> and that's okay. And um, But actually, that movie, Bloody Birthday, is on Tubi, so you can find it on there. Probably, right. probably. Okay. Yes. Right. Also, so, the covers are similar. Like, it's, yeah. That's, yeah. you're good. Yeah, like especially though my favorite, especially with the fingers on the birthday cake. I mean, that's great if anyone can make candles that look like oh. fingers. And you can do a cake like that? That'd be so sweet. I was just looking at the cover, but like a little thumbnail version, so I didn't realize that those were fingers <laughs> until right now. That is a solid cover. I actually like this a lot. Yeah. That's cool. That 
Oh, you'll 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 love the movie. I feel like if you love stuff like that, especially with children being very like little bastards, yeah, this is like the perfect yeah. movie for you. Right up my okay. alley. So going back to the plot, so the prototype Megan is formally paired with Katie, and David becomes convinced of the project's potential for success. Megan exceeds expectations and begins to take on a parental role. Gemma's colleagues and Katie's therapist become concerned about Katie's developing an unhealthy emotional attachment to Megan. Mm -hmm. Megan starts operating more independently and targets anything that she deems a threat to Katie. She kills Gemma's neighbor's dog after it attacks her. And then later, Megan attacks a young boy who bullies Katie. And when Megan chases chases him, he falls into the road and is killed by a passing vehicle. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a dog owner and I love dogs. I hate Mm. movies where they have to, like, put an animal killing scene in the plot. You won't even watch Homeward Bound. Colin, we're not talking (laughs) about that. sorry, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I feel like, so I mean, it's obviously a trope, but I think that it's just, and it's also like, it's one of those things where it's kind of twofold, like we are desensitized to humans being killed, mm-hmm. that it's it's such a faux pas that a dog would be killed. Right. Um, so the fact that we have a more visceral reaction when we see a dog die, as opposed to when we see a human die, because it's like, oh, that's... That, like, happens. But, yeah, like, dogs people die, die every day. Yeah. Right. Don't do that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... And it's also just something of, like, <clears throat> you know, humans aren't innocent normally. Dogs are more innocent. So killing right. a dog is a little bit more... You're, you're stepping over this line. Um, right. I mean, we have a friend that literally will not... If she hears that a dog dies in something, she will not watch it. And that's not, <laughs> like, the normal, like, I don't like dogs. I don't like dogs being killed. Yeah. Like she straight up will not like she'll turn a movie off if a dog right. dies, which is fair. But mm-hmm. I think I mean I think it works. I think it's one of those things where serial killers and things of that nature kill animals when they're younger before they kill humans because they're kind of working out the kinks. Yeah, <laughs> and their, and their, and their mental health. Yeah, mental health uh, holes. Yeah, I think it makes yeah. sense. And I also like I don't know. Fuck their neighbor. Right, exactly. I was going to add on to that because, I mean, in terms of the dog's behavior towards Katie in general, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not relatively the dog's fault. It's the neighbor not doing a better job of controlling the dog, training the dog, keeping it on her property. Like, she's not doing anything to try to really, like, reel him in. Especially when it shits on the yard and everything, and literally, you're not supposed to do that. Right. I think I mentioned earlier when like we start to see the first sort of like red flags with Megan acting a little odd. It's like these things that Gemma kind of oversees, and I think the one part that because I pull I pull the plot from Wikipedia, so it doesn't really give a whole lot of information. But one plot that I remember from the movie is when they first introduce Katie to Megan, and they have Megan back in the lab, and Gemma's having the conversation with her colleagues about Katie and getting through the grieving process, and she brings up, like, her parents' death, and then Megan chimes in, like, how did Katie's parents die? And when Gemma doesn't respond, she goes ahead and pulls up Katie's information, finds out what happened to her parents and then megan asks what is death and then Gemma doesn't give her a solid answer so megan again pulls that information she kind of goes over Gemma's head because she's like well if Gemma's not going to tell me i'm i can just pull this information myself and educate myself on what it means to die 
Mm-hmm. So then when Gemma tries to give her this command, like, you shouldn't be doing anything unless I instruct you to. And then she says specifically, like, Megan responds, she's like, yes, Gemma, I, I understand you are my, or secondary user. But there's this pause before she, like, confirms that. That kind of made me feel a little iffy because it's like, yeah, it could be a glitch, but it wasn't like a definite answer. Almost, it was definitely suspicious for sure, especially when like you see characters of like that, you know, like robotic figures, and like they're starting to change, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Seeing it, it made me think of it's. It's not as scary necessarily, but Megan's evolution and and that scene and a couple other ones made me think a lot of her. Like as uh, I don't know, have you guys seen her, Mm -hmm. um, the movie her? Oh no! Oh no! The Joaquin oh, Phoenix one. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, no I, we've Phoenix heard about movie. it. We've never seen it. Yeah. All right. I'm not. I'm going to leave the conversation there. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't want to ruin it for you. It's so good. I don't even know when I'm going to watch it, but yeah. It's really good. It'll. Yeah. It's going to make you feel like crap. But uh, I especially. Heard too. <laughs> I don't. Want, what did you say? So I, have a hurt, I just have a tattoo for every movie that we've been talking about. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> every movie we talk about, you just have a tattoo of it. It's all over the place. Her is a great example of, of sort of the, the evolution of, of an AI kind of becoming aware of itself and what that process is like. And Megan just kind of takes it in this dark tone. But, yeah, but like kind of like over when you realize that they're, they're reaching into things that you're not expecting them to and, and doing mm-hmm. things while interacting with you at the same time because they just – you know, their quote-unquote consciousness is working at this whole other level. You also wonder, like, where the AI learning, if the AI learning came from a different place, if it would be better, like, to to your point, she is looking up those things on the internet because Gemma didn't respond to her, so, like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the nature versus nurture thing, like, if you were able to have the chance to tell Megan what these things mean in your own words, would Mm -hmm. that have affected her differently? Or no, she's a robot, maybe not. Right, yeah. Maybe I'm looking too far into a piece no, of it, no. about an animated no. doll. It's always no. good to look far into something, you know. I, it's, yeah. it's what makes it interesting. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. it essentially is also kind of like an early sign of defiance from Megan because yes. even though Gemma's not giving her a straight answer, she's also trying to derail the conversation away mm-hmm. from what Megan wants. So when Megan realizes, like, I can just pull these things without her telling me to, and that's like, a, again, early sign of defiance from Megan, yeah. which is yeah. a red flag that mm-hmm. Gemma overlooks, and it's just it snowballs from there. Almost. Yeah, it's you're about to get me going talking about AI rights. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's yeah. going to be a whole protest. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, we're headed in that direction, man. But, yeah, no, but the scene with the boy getting hit, the yes. boy that Megan attacks. Let's talk about that one. I love that scene. That was the best pa- that was the best part of the movie too, especially where one you know of... Megan came in and just ripped shit. Right. I mean <laughs> one of one of Megan's interesting features is like facial recognition and then pulling these statistics of like behavior. Mm-hmm. So with Katie she sees like trust, caring and nurturing or you know, like all these different behavioral statistics. And then she looks at Brandon and she sees all these kind of like troubling teen, yeah. like defiance, hostility or some, some, something yeah. along those lines. Mm-hmm. So she kind of already gets this weary sense that maybe it's not good for Katie to go along with Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. And though. I could just see Megan scanning the boy and like, you know how like they can see and there's like little writing and everything. Yeah. Like they scan the boy and like right next to it, it's like fuck boy. Like, and she's <laughs> like, yeah, and she's well, like, also, he's dead. Like, 
I don't know. Those are kind of objective, or not objective. They're kind of subjective things. She's kind of judging books by their cover. I wonder yeah. how that. I'm sure she's reading their like biometric yeah. pressure or something. Yeah, their, right. their yeah. mojo and how they act and stuff. Yes. Right. And she then also, it doesn't lean super super into this, but it it kind of seems like Megan's just jealous in general. Like she wasn't super happy about not being able to, like just having to watch Katie interact with all these other people anyway. Like Megan wants to be everything for Katie. Right. Yeah. And, um, so you mix that with everything else, and of course she's gonna, yeah, fuck yeah. the boy up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. That, that scene was so good, specifically when we saw it. Um, we like got to go to, a, luckily got to go to a screening of it, and we were with just a bunch of people that were stoked to see the film, and yeah. Yeah. Um, that got cheers. I mean, the, yeah. the film yeah. got cheers multiple times, but that part got cheers from the entire theater. I, yeah. the, the, um, part, the part where she pulls the ear off, or the part where, yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Well, the part, yeah. well, the part, well, the part where the thing. he dies is, yes, was, yeah. uh, a yeah. raucous roar but um yeah the ear pulling part was phenomenal yeah and yeah i mean i think it was one of those things where we're like it's not gonna go that far is it and then it went where we all wanted it to go right yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was <laughs> he, he like, got what he deserved basically of, and that was just perfect one of the things i noticed too after he got hit the only thing that was left on the road was his shoe and I'm like, why does that happen a lot with movies? Like, when people get hit, all you see is the shoe. Like, we see it in Pet Cemetery after Gage gets hit by the truck. Yeah. And it almost seems to be, like, a common thing. I don't know why that is. Yeah. But it was just something yeah. that I noticed that was, I thought was interesting. From a practical standpoint, I would, I, and from the PG-13, I would just assume that they just didn't want to show the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but yeah, there has to be some weird symbolism about, like, getting knocked right out of your shoes. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> something. something well, what about a shoe with the foot in it still? That's, mm-hmm. I mean, I would, right. give me that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, give me yeah, a, give me another hard. body part or something at least. How hard did he get hit? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, oh a my burrow. God. <laughs> But yeah, if I if I ever get hit by a car, I hope I get knocked out of my shoes at least. I hope that there's yeah, some, you're yeah. gonna be dying with both your shoes on and be like, no, someone take my shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't worth it. Like like, yeah, it's yeah, like this wasn't, at what for what cause? Yeah, just like hit me again. <laughs> so we have a dog disappearing that's being chalked up to him running away. We have a kid getting hit by a car that's chalked up to be a free freak accident so after celia blames Gemma for her missing dog megan kills her very very i don't want to say brutal but it's like the most intense you can go there you can say brutal it's the most intense in this movie Mm -hmm. but Gemma becomes suspicious of megan and attempts to check her video logs only to find the files corrupted or deleted Uh, Gemma powers megan off and she is brought to the lab where Gemma and her colleagues tess and cole attempt to fix her Katie becomes distraught when separated from Megan and she slaps Gemma. Gemma apologizes for her inattentiveness and tells Katie that Megan is only a distraction for coping with her loss and not a solution. Mm -hmm. After watching Megan with Katie, Funky's investors greenlight Megan's release and recognizing the the risk she possesses, Gemma, Tess, and Cole decide to terminate Megan. Tess and Cole attempt to shut Megan down while Gemma takes Katie home, mm-hmm. and Megan activates on her own and nearly kills Tess and Cole by a explosion in their lap. I don't know what I did. I must have like typed something weird because it kind of misspelled explosion. Um, <laughs> what does that say? Explosion. It. I put explosion. Explosion. There's an explosion in the lap. Explosion. <laughs> I'm like, are you making fun of my Canadian heritage? I'm like, why? It's like. <laughs> so. Exiting the building, Megan kills David and his assistant Kurt in an elevator, staging it as a murder-suicide. 
She steals a sports car and drives back to Gemma's house. But I wanted to touch on a couple of things because this whole section is pretty interesting. Like, because after Gemma realizes, like, oh, something's not right here. I can't access Megan's video logs. And they kind of, like, stop as soon, like, as she sees that Megan scanned Brandon Mm. prior to his death. So she's like, okay, this is odd. I should probably run a diagnosis check just to be sure. And then, again, there's another moment she has with Megan. Like, Megan confronts her about what she's doing. And Me- and Gemma tries to approach the discussion like, oh, I can't access your files for some reason. And, again, Megan, being defiant, doesn't totally answer her questions. Kind of like what Gemma did earlier, right? So Yeah, Absolutely. So then once she shuts her off and tries to take her back to the lab, we see this really intense reaction from Katie. Mm-hmm. Like that whole freak out scene in the car. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, whew. It almost seemed to me like, I don't know how the best way to put this is, but it's like when you take something that a person has been like dependent on for so long and you take that away from them oh. and then they start to kind of like go through almost a withdrawal withdrawal yeah, yeah. <laughs> that way yeah essentially yeah and because it's a child like she's experiencing now these big emotions and she doesn't know how to process them and because Gemma again not she's withholding a lot of information from her doesn't understand why Megan's being taken away so she has this huge freak out over it yeah, yeah it's, it's uh that's grief man it's mm-hmm. you know there is Katie never got to grieve her parents in in like an appropriate healthy way because yeah. she was introduced to Megan right away and and right. completely like trauma bonds you know uh so mm-hmm. you you add that with a, the overall whatever of a of a child having their favorite toy taken away and absolutely I'd have a meltdown too right um, yeah. and even yeah. even the therapist approaches it to Gemma and she's like have you ever heard of like attachment theory which is one, this is something I liked about this movie is their ability to inject actual like real world issues into these movies. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, yeah, like you said, Katie never really got to have somebody to grieve with, like a therapist or a relative. So when Gemma gives her Megan, she's now attaching to something that is not an actual person. So to yeah. take that away is just it's not good. It, it causes this. Yeah. Huge mm. reaction from her, yeah. right? It would be it would be unhealthy enough to have Katie attach completely to one person, like a, even a, a normal person like that. Right. Um, you know, grief is like a, a whole process. Um, well, yeah. and like Megan is probably a better like person to be with her during her grief than like Gemma is or anyone else really. Like Megan's helping her along, so yeah. for her to be taken away is bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's a mix. I think it's like. A, like Megan is going to make make Katie feel it, it's going to make Katie the happiest in mm-hmm. terms of distractions, but I don't know like how how healthy she would actually be. I don't know. In, in grief, I feel like you kind of have to be challenged. Too. You can't. It's it's not just. It's not. It's more than just comforting and distracting. Like there's there's a lot of processing that needs to be done, and like returning to the real world. And that's exactly the opposite of what Megan is providing for Katie. Exactly. You know? True. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And another thing this approaches too, I mean, not just having Megan as a companion to process her grief, but she's, to everybody else, Megan is a toy. She's a piece of technology that, and I think we see it a lot in today already when kids become reliant on technology too much. Mm-hmm. And then you, 
Like, you ever see those videos? I remember there used to be these videos going around on social media where you would give, like, a baby or a toddler a tablet, and they already knew how, like, how to swipe the images. But then when you show them, like, a book or a magazine and they try to tap on it, yeah. like, the way that they would a tablet, and then they just get yeah. confused why it's not. I could just see them throwing it. They'll throw yeah, the magazine or a book like, and be like, give me back my it's, tablet. It's, yeah. it's almost like a similar reaction, but, yeah. again, with, like, an older child. And it actually kind of reminds me of this interesting story that one of my teachers from high school said, like, I went and visited my teacher a couple years after I graduated from high school. And he's like, you know, he's like, these kids, sorry, our neighbors are talking through walls. Well, they're dog. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, they do have a little yipper. So, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I, I went and visited my old teacher from high school. And he's like, man, he's like, the kids that come in after year grade or just so weird and he's like they're so dependent on their smartphones and everything and i'm like what do you mean and he's like he points to this clock he had in his office he's like you see that clock and i'm like yeah he's like it doesn't work and he's like and it hasn't worked for like five years he's like i've never bothered to get a new clock or put new batteries in it he's like i just kind of leave it there He's like, so I had a kid and his parents in my office one day because I was trying to, you know, do like a parent-teacher conference. He's like, and this kid was like staring at the clock, right? And he's like, and over time, he started to become more and more freaked out about the fact that the clock wasn't working. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. Wow. And he's like, I don't know why that was. He's like, but over, he's like, over time, like, like within the span of like an hour, he went from just being like, okay to like wondering why the fuck is that clock not moving and i'm like that is so strange yeah. but that yeah. sounds like me just having an existential <laughs> crisis staring at the clock i'm i'm trapped in this moment forever time is an illusion oh my god right? i love oh that everything god. just got sad and serious for like what five minutes and then you just said about the that's how i feel about the clock i'm like all right now we're back on the thing is i'm smiling but it's sad and serious on the inside. yeah right. <laughs> and and i mean as an adult, like, I just turned 30 on Valentine's Day, so I'm like, time already moves so yeah. slow, and it's like, <sighs> oh, it I can th- be dragging. I think that's why I don't wa- I don't listen to the song, well, I do listen to the song Pink Floyd's uh, Time, that song, and when I listen to that, it's so sad because it's just like, everything that we know, it's just going by so quick, and that was like, even back in 73, they were talking about how we feel now. You know, how yeah, we oh, get yeah, older yeah. and time just moves so quick. And it's just sad because one minute you'll be 30, the next minute you're going to be 60. You will you will derail me so fast <laughs> when you're talking about time. First off, my condolences on 30. And, dude, oh, I... <laughs> it's okay. It's no, okay, I'm honey. Almost, I'm, like, right there. I'm right there. And I'm like... Ah. I know. Um, I've already passed. Yeah. I'm 34. So, yeah. You know. Time, um... The time conversations, man... It is, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely that kid. I, I would have oh, had yeah. that, that breakdown. I think about time a lot. Yeah. How yeah. Fast it was, yeah. Do you have time to talk about it? Yeah. You come to my, uh, my, my next therapy session and, and really hear about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I'm, I need to go back too because I was in therapy for a little bit, but I want to definitely go back for sure. So that would be great. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But another thing that's interesting about this section of the movie is, so after she causes the explosion in the lab and she kills David, she's kind of got Kurt cornered in the elevator 
And yeah. again, not a well descriptive plot I have here, but we find out from David early on in the movie that another competitor toy company has been somehow stealing their blueprints for some of their toys and has been yeah. reselling them for a cheaper price. Is it Hasbro or Mattel? I don't know. I don't remember. The Wonka situation, man. Right? Yeah, the Wonka situation, right? yeah. <laughs> but we find out later that it's Kurt, the assistant. So uh, that dick. Megan somehow knows this already when she confronts Kurt in the elevator. So mm-hmm. Megan kind of starts to spin this narrative. Well, people won't know it's me because I already know so much about you and what you've been doing behind closed doors that it's easy to pin the blame on you. Mm-hmm. And even yeah. though, like, she says in a way that's not exactly, it's suggestive mm-hmm. in a way because she's kind of got this whole, like, motivative plot laid out for Kurt in a way that, A, makes sense, but. B, the way she's saying it almost seems like it could be possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it, and that's kind of, I mean, she basically would have gotten gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for... Those pesky you know, kids. Those meddling kids. Those meddling, those meddling kids. kids. And but that, really, I mean, and that she, robot. She really had it all laid out perfectly. Yeah. Right. If things would have gone her way, like, it definitely would have been like, oh, this was done by a competitor to steal. Yeah. yeah. There have been moments like this where she went from being not only defiant but conniving too, because now she's like really going out of her way to cover her tracks. Fuck. To make sure she doesn't get caught. So it's very interesting how she kind of set this whole plot in motion in the lab. Mm-hmm. Megan confronts Gemma, adamant about taking over as Katie's sole parent. Gemma attempts to stop Megan, disfiguring her in the process, but Megan ultimately overpowers her. Hmm. Katie saves Gemma when she uses Bruce to tear Megan apart, but Megan's top half remains active and she attacks Katie. Gemma exposes a processing chip in Megan's head, which Katie stabs with a screwdriver, seemingly destroying Megan. Fuck. But as Gemma and Katie exit the home, Gemma's AI device turns on by itself and the camera looks towards them. And that's when you know there's going to be a sequel. Yeah, absolutely. Can I just say how great Megan looks in this fight scene? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. There is there is this breaking down. Like it it just gets scarier and scarier. Oh yeah, the imagery there. I I would love to look through all of the concept art for. uh, It's kind of like similar for me when I first watched Child's Play when I was a kid, and how Chucky just kept coming back, but he was just like worse and worse, and he looked Mm -hmm. more less of a doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how yeah. I felt like watching this too. It was kind of like that same scenario. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, that, that scene where she confronts Gemma in the living room and she says that quote, and I was just like, oh my God, this is giving me Frankenstein vibes. Like, I'm so excited because it's like I said earlier, AI horror kind of like is like a modern take on Frankenstein, where mm-hmm. it's not just you're taking all these parts of different people and making a, essentially a whole new person. You're taking this advanced piece of technology and making it into a person. Even though, to Gemma, it's just a robot. But to Katie, and first glance of other people, it's, it's a girl. Yeah. It's another person. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I was thinking about this the whole time, that with technology like this, especially if you have, like, dolls and stuff like that, there could be other things, too, like, that they're doing in real life also to have them in, like, the workforce. Like, there's, like, robot waiters at Denny's. There's, like, videos of that and stuff like that. And also at my hospital where I work at, you know those little, um, oh, what is it, the, wa- the the machines that washes our floors? Oh, you, know? you mean like a floor buffer? Yeah, the floor buffer. And there's usually a person on it. They actually Zamboni? made... 
Yeah, like basically it's our Zamboni, but it's not as it's like it's another word for it. But but we always had humans on there. You know, like they're like you know working the thing. Now there's ones that are just a robot. That's just uh, uh, just it does like it Roombas. by itself. Yeah, like, yeah. An, like an industrial Roomba. Almost. Yeah, well, this is a giant Roomba, like cause yeah. he, like uh, Zamboni, and pe- yeah. and we and we're all looking at this from like our offices, and we're seeing it out in like the lobby, and we're like, this is horrifying, like because I feel like the thing could like glitch one day and then go chaotic and like kill someone. Yeah, yeah, like it's, run it over. Sure, I I think that like the. Glitching of, of a robot aside, too, it's AI, like something that can learn something, an intelligence that can make itself smarter and, and has access to things. Mm-hmm. It, you, you're comparing it a lot to Frankenstein, which which makes a ton of sense. You know, Frankenstein is a commentary about, like, science and, and how far we should go and, and man, like, imposing itself into God's territory, you know, quote-unquote. Right. Um, right. The AI horror is, is just the, the, in my opinion, like a... A specific evolution of that and it's a commentary about our i see ai as like human evolution right uh, human evolution is like a dumb word yeah. in itself because evolution is not about a specific species it's about the cross to the next thing um so it's like that's the scary stuff for me is it's you know we obviously we're going to try to have them do these mundane tasks i think the interesting thing about megan is is it takes this immense power that that we come across and immediately manufactures it into a toy. It's like the most ridiculous setting for it. Right. It, it makes sense when you think of just the fun stuff, but like, I don't know. I, I don't think, know. I think Denny's is the most ridiculous setting for <laughs> yeah. it. You said that they have, they have waiters at Denny's that are robots now. I didn't know you could make Denny's work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and they I, can like do that. They, I've idea. heard, yeah, yeah, I've heard about some restaurants. I don't remember if it was Denny specifically, but yeah, like the Colin gu- said, they yeah. have they already have robotic waiters. And, and there's a guy in the picture looking at the thing with like heart, like terrified, and also a little disgust at the same time, being like, "You we having this now?" Like, mm-hmm. and you know. it's so interesting. At least they don't have to tip the robot waiters. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you tip oh me God. wrong. Like, that's just start killing them. It's so interesting too because to kind of pull from the queer for fear docuseries on Shutter. Because Frankenstein is a story written by a woman about a man creating life. And so what essentially would Megan be exactly? I mean, Akilah Cooper's a woman. She's writing a story about a woman creating a different way of life in a non-traditional way, I guess, is is my wording for it. But it's, it's, again, it's like a modern take on that almost. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) You have me like I want to. I need to rewatch Megan now. <laughs> she does this to people. It's not just you. She does this to everyone. She stumps them. I I have yeah, way too much time on my hands. It's really. I mean, it's it's just one of those like Sean said, going back to like the original meaning of Frankenstein. Like it's just should we be fucking around with these things that we're fucking yeah. around with? Yeah. Right. Should we bring or, something or, back to or, life? Yeah. Yeah, or maybe we should. I mean, like. Frankenstein was called the like the the subtitle was the modern Prometheus and Prometheus yeah. stole fire from the gods. Yeah. The gods were pissed mm-hmm. about it, but he also gave fire to humans and it made humans better for it. I so, mean, my my example of bringing something to life, like my two favorite films, would be Reanimator when they do that in a science way with um with the um what is the the green stuff they put monster blood. Yeah, it was basically like how you <laughs> did with Captain America, like a serum. It was a green serum. Yeah. 
like that monster blood too yes it could be that too but no but there there's a serum that that way of bringing a character back to life it's like frankenstein in that sense like you know from for the 80s but pet cemetery too also was the same way that you brought someone back to life by burying them in a indian burial ground and then in well indigenous burial ground and then bringing them back to life you know like an hour later so it's like, it's that and type of way, like nature's way of bringing them back. Plus it's a different motive too from Frankenstein and Megan. I mean, what was the father's name in Pet Cemetery? Oh, um, not Clark. Um, no. What was it? Was it Lucas? Not Lucas. Is it Lucas? Oh my God, I'm blanking. Yeah. George. Yeah. Was it George? I thought it was George. No. I said dad. <laughs> just we'll call him dad for now yes but, dad but he essentially does this out of love he doesn't want his daughter to mourn the loss of her pet so he buries the cat and the cat comes back to life and then the same thing with his son he doesn't yeah. want to lose his son right away so he and buries this, it and brings him back and then the same way but, goes with the wife and he keeps making a mistake one after another so yes but he just doesn't want to lose him so yeah. that's with Frankenstein and Megan, though, it, it seems like the the main thing is 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 about just seeing if we can do it, like creating creating life. It's not about bringing somebody back necessarily. It's just the accomplishment to see to see if we can do this thing that hasn't been done before. And right. that's where I think a lot about the evolution side of it. Because I'm like the AI, like making really really strong AI is the is how the way I see it is is a perfect way for us to make ourselves obsolete, like creating an intelligence that that can't die you know so uh, creating a, a consciousness that exists in a in a completely different way than we do it, right like yeah. right now it's limited to the information that we give it but how long how long does it stay in that place right mm-hmm. and then one thing i want oh a couple of things before we let you guys go but in post-production amy donald's physical performance as megan was enhanced by digital visual effects by the new zealand-based effects studio I believe it's pronounced Weta FX, W-E-T-A. Yeah, Weta. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about Weta. They're doing a new Spider movie. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, Although they, no, uh, they did. They wait, did what Spider movie? For that, it's called Sting. Uh, it's yeah. Not, it's not out yet, but it's coming uh, out. I thought you were going to say, uh, like, arachnophobia. Like, because I heard... another thing. Yeah. Oh, God, I and hate arachnophobia. And then speaking about the design of Megan, Gerard <laughs> Johnstone stated that he, quote, looked to screen icons from the 50s like Audrey Hepburn, Grace Kelly, and Kim Novak for inspiration, but wanted something like 70s neutralism to counteract her synthetic nature. So hmm. the hair uh, was 100% inspired by Peggy Lipton, which I thought was cool. Which one is Peggy Lipton? Yeah. I don't remember. Who is Peggy Lipton? There's a... Uh... There's a funny Letterboxd review that I read when this came out that says, why did they style her like an Orthodox Jewish woman? And it made me laugh. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Damn. But <laughs> Grace Kelly? That's good. That's a good one. I mean, yeah. Audrey Hepburn, maybe. I I don't remember who yeah. Ken Novak is, but Grace Kelly. My mm-hmm. God. <laughs> she, was, she was a fox. I loved her in Rear Window. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow, now I want to read. I just watched uh, Disturbia again. Oh, yeah. Oh, how is that? Because it, I haven't watched it, that in years. It, it, it's, it, hel- it holds up. It holds yeah. up. And it just so makes good. me want to rewatch Rear Window. Sorry, that's <laughs> you said Rear Window and I, changed my agenda for the day. <laughs> I love Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. I mean... Yeah, yeah I, it is perfect. Again, I love horror and slasher movies, but in terms of, like, a classic 
film, mm-hmm. it's Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. Yeah, it's a great thriller. I mean, ironically enough, I was kind of introduced to that movie in community college. I majored in photography and video development, and two teachers from my program in separate classes made us watch Rear Window. Those are great classes. Just, just to give like really good examples of like camera composition and shots, and I was just oh, like, yeah. I was so enthralled by this movie. Nice, yeah. But yeah, yeah. he's the goat. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, he is. I mean, it's it's definitely one of my top favorites. It's a really good one. And then a sequel titled Megan 2.0 is scheduled to be released on January 17th, 2025. Of course, they call it 2.0. With Williams and McGraw reprising their roles and Cooper returning to write the script. That's awesome. What do we th- I'm down. I was going to say, how, um. do, how do we think that they're going to continue this? I mean, I, I, I can already see a couple of theories, but Maybe. I'm interested to hear what you guys have. I think... I think Megan's going to exist in some way, shape, or form for the first act yeah. as some either in the cloud thing or she's going to exist and she's going to jump into maybe they make a new doll. They're like, oh, Megan almost worked. We're going to make this new doll. And then she jumps into that and then she finds an old defunct version of Megan that Alex Williams had in a closet somewhere that <sighs> looks really close to the original model and she's going to jump into that one. Because we mm-hmm. can't get rid of this now iconic uh, imagery. Right. I think she's... I, I pretty much agree. I think that she is probably going to start contacting Katie through, like, her iPad or weird things. Just no matter where Katie is, she's able yeah. to, like... Maybe she's accessing security cameras of different buildings and, like, following. Um, and genius. then instead of, an, like, finding an older version of Megan, I think that the company is going to remake Megan even though you know, Gemma doesn't want that to happen. Yeah. I think that they're just going to, she's going to find out that they rebuilt Megan and then Megan's going to re re-enter that body. Even right. though the head people died of the company. Yeah. Right. Oh, I think, I think if anything, that's even more so because you know that like runners up are just taking over that weren't there that yeah. night. Like right. it's a hundred percent capitalism. Especially <laughs> the guy, right. Yeah. Especially the guy stealing the, um, the formula where stealing the thing. And he like yes. basically makes that like, you right. know, a 2.0 version of Megan, but in a different that, type of doll. That, yeah. that was my idea. Like, what if it's a guy? Because like that was my idea. Doll. Cause I, I think it was like within that first week Mark. of the release. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Within that first week of the release, they announced that they greenlit a sequel, and I'm like, "How the hell are they going to make a sequel?" And then I remembered that Kurt was stealing the blueprints from Funky and selling them to other yeah. companies, and I'm like, "Well, there you go. That's how you segue into a sequel. Mm-hmm. Some company is going to try to recreate Megan Toys and using probably either a similar type of AI technology or maybe even a buggy one since they seem to run pretty cheaply. They're going to try to recreate Megan and it's just going to go drastically wrong. But yeah. mm-hmm. I also am interested to see how how the actions of Megan in this movie are going to affect the consequences in the second movie, especially if Gemma is the one that created, wouldn't she technically take responsibility for what Megan did? Yeah. Because how did... So yes, but I think that that's one of the the in a situation where like uh, you know a creator works for a company if they make something amazing mm-hmm. while you know using the company's money and resources the company has ownership I think that 
while that can be incredibly frustrating to the creator, I think Gemma kind of lucks out here because yeah. she because it's it it is the company's property. It is she was an employee, so I think that she'll probably face some backlash and whatever but the company is going to have to take just as much responsibility as she does if not exactly more. right i have a really good idea for a school uh megan's in the cloud there's a child that has like a pacemaker or like mm-hmm. something electronic in their body <gasps> Yo. megan jump into a human's body a la chucky oh my god taking over humans. oh my yeah. god that would totally like that be like a weird it. virtual possession oh man write the script like a, be like, I got something better yeah. for Megan 2.0. Screw that other yeah, script. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Cooper. Yes. <laughs> He's thinking about the third movie already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got six more movies in. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was another theory too. I mean, like I said in that in the ending, when the LC smart home device looks at them, it's like it makes you wonder. Well, even if Kurt wasn't stealing the blueprints was megan able to download herself into the cloud and absolutely that's what i thought it was yeah i was like that's what happened (laughs) it seems like we've got a few different ways for megan to continue on at this point they could be blockbuster hits i feel like you know and then after a while there's gonna be those movies that are just gonna flop because it doesn't really go with like what the first story was about there will be a crossover with Chucky before this is all said and done. Yeah. I want to tell you, Megan 3 Tamagotchi, where <laughs> she... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, oh, my God. Now you're talking to the 90s child in me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I had, like, four of those things. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets into the Tamagotchi game. Like, kind of... Oh, my God. <laughs> And then you find out at the end, it, it's as easy as just not feeding her for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead. Fret neutralized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! It's like you're feeding your cat. I think that was uh, the Bob's Burgers episode where uh, Gene had that little thing where he's feeding oh, yeah, his cat. Um, yes. Turbo. Yes. Yeah. The, the yes. clothing yeah. cat game. Yeah. yeah. Except yeah. this is Megan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that now. Actually, I would go see that movie more than any other hell yeah <laughs> yeah so i guess to kind of wrap up the megan conversation mm-hmm. how yeah. do we feel overall now that we've we've watched megan we got a good feel of what she's about well, what are our overall thoughts of the megan movie well he wants to rewatch it so that's why he wants to do. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i i want to watch the underrated version mm-hmm. um hopefully sometime soon now that it's out on peacock and definitely will own it i will say after malignant and now megan oh my god um, really excited for whatever Akila Cooper makes. I feel like she's just, just writing and creating these Wait, fun, Cooper really Malignant? goofy out there Akela horror Cooper, films. Yeah. Really? I didn't love Malignant, but I had a lot of fun watching Malignant. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think kind of the same thing goes for Megan. Didn't that feel um, like a 90s movie to you? Yeah, it felt like a bad movie. Yeah, um, a bad 90s movie, yes. <laughs> but I... <laughs> But I, uh, I had so much fun watching it, and once I realized what it was, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm game. And so, yeah, if Akila Cooper, you know, wants to keep making these movies that are produced by James Wan, I'm totally, totally down for it. That's my, right. that's yeah. my large takeaway from her second. Um, I'll call it a hit, I guess, in terms yeah, of I mean, it's people's responses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Megan isn't isn't usually like I said. It's not usually what I'm looking for in a mm-hmm. in a horror movie. But I was so pleasantly surprised with it. I had such such a good time and. I'm beyond excited to see what they do with the second one. I think they're going to get more ridiculous, more crazy. Definitely mm-hmm. excited to see 
you know, the uh, the unrated version. I want it to oh, be yeah. more funny. I know it's going to be yeah. definitely more funny for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope they. I hope it's. I hope they lean into the violence more. Yeah, so, right. we so, want yeah. violence. Yes. Maybe we'll get lucky. Let Megan say fuck. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Did she not say fuck? I thought she said more so, like cuss word in the movie. <laughs> no, she would be rated R. Yeah. Yeah, she does, you she does fuck. Call, she does call Katie an ungrateful little bitch, but oh, yeah. okay, that's, that's the closest I think we get to swearing here yeah. from Megan. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, she's like the yeah, good doll then, without being a good doll. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think? Like you, Sean, I wasn't totally sure how I was going to feel going into it and was Same. really impressed leaving the theater. I was like, this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It definitely had its funny moments, but... Also, when we went to see it, we went to an AMC theater the weekend it opened, and the only seats that were available were Were right up front. The very front. So we're like jam-packed our faces at the screen. So we're like back all the way, looking up at the screen, so like any jump scares just came right out at us. I prefer just being in the middle of the theater. I don't like being like in the front front like that. That's where yeah. We, yeah, that's where we sat when we went to see Get Out. Yeah. We were kind of like in the middle. Like when you go see a scary movie or any movie at all, you want to be in the middle. You want to be on the yeah. side. You don't want to be in the front. Not even the yeah, back. Back. Speeding. Yeah. Right. What about yeah. you, Colin? How do you feel about Megan? Well, you know, it was definitely just like, I don't know, like I kind of agree with you guys. It was definitely a big surprise because I really thought it was going to be like, you know, Child's Play, the remake. But instead, mm. it's like its own character. It's its mm-hmm. own premise and just yes. like how yeah. the person emotionally, how the thing feels. And that's what I like about it is, you know, it just not only just was just an AI character, but it also had emotions and feelings and yeah. just when it really was like telling the truth that's when people like like myself i was like that that right there like yeah. that's that's the that's me if i was an ai robot being like <laughs> i have feelings too man yeah and <laughs> i know? mean it did really well at the box office i mean i think it's still making millions like even though it's on Peacock now, I think it's still available in theaters and it's still making money. So, and you know what? Really and definitely, movie. horror movies are definitely hitting it more big in the in theaters now. Like they're beca- definitely becoming more popular. Like Ter- Terrifier Two came out uh, like over the weekend, made like two million dollars in one weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. which yeah. That, that's quite amazing. I mean, but just by the popularity mm-hmm. of like especially movies like that and just like. How you can make like a small film and it makes two million dollars in one weekend—that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horror is horror is growing for sure. Yeah, sin is in. Horror is profitable, so they will make more. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, now I want to be in a horror film so I can do this. (laughs) Yes. So I know you guys got to go pretty soon. Yeah. Before we let you go, is there anything like horror related coming up that you guys are looking forward to this year? Were you having anything coming up yourselves? I'm excited about all sorts of stuff. Go first. Yeah, so many things coming out. I won't, yeah. I won't steal the one that you are going to talk about. Um, um, <laughs> I'll say, uh, I don't, it's probably not going to be a horror film. And you didn't like Midsummer, but um, Ari Aster's third film is coming out. Bo is Afraid. This April. I'm mm-hmm. really excited. Bo is that. Afraid. Bo is Afraid. Oh, yeah. That, that movie. Yeah, that's yeah. my most anticipated um, Joaquin Phoenix Ari Aster film. Yeah. yeah. Um, Outside of that, I mean, there's just some, to your point, a lot of good horrors coming out. Um, there's a new Dracula film, The Last yes. Words of the coming out. Um, yeah. Redfield yeah. is coming out in April. There's an Adam Driver dinosaur movie that looks like a Turok. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. 65 I... that comes out. Scream comes out in, like, uh, Not less that than far. a month. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. very and, excited about that. And how you guys feel about Cocaine Bear? What was that? How do you guys feel about Cocaine Bear? It was so fun. Yeah. Fun. Oh my god, that right there. I thought you were wearing a goosebump shirt. Oh, you are wearing a goosebump shirt. Uh, I'm yeah. like, how many shirts are you wearing? <laughs> you have that exact same goosebump shirt. Oh my god, I should have wore it today. I'm so mad. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, Cocaine Bear is a blast. We actually, yeah. uh, I'll just plug, I don't, I'm not sure when this episode's going to come out, but our tomorrow. next episode. Um, oh, you tomorrow? Know. Yeah. We, oh, we, wow. we, Wait, post, what? we post episodes every Sunday. So. Last Sunday we had Ben Scrivens. The, tomorrow is going to be you guys, and I kind of announced this earlier, earlier. Yeah. But next Sunday we have Josh Sterling Bragg from Haunting Season. Hell yeah! Who I'm nice. also looking for? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're looking we for. Had, uh, we had Josh on our show as well. Yeah. Josh yeah. Is, what was it? So we, um, yeah. I guess I'll I'll talk about our upcoming episodes because we talk about Cocaine Bear on one that's coming out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited now. Wondery this upcoming monday but this upcoming monday we have um elza kephart who's the director of slacks which is a very fun film on uh shutter and then the week following we have christopher landon who's the director of freaky happy death day oh. uh, and we have the ghost which is a new netflix film yeah that's oh, we awesome. saw we have a ghost yesterday yeah, yeah you were telling me how sad uh, it was it was sad we talked with chris uh on that episode oh i can't wait that's awesome oh my god yeah it's tough a good conversation i'm gonna say that my uh my uh, you know everything that steve said uh obviously stoked for all that right now i'm the most stoked for evil dead rise yes oh my god we're excited about that it sucks that uh bruce campbell won't be in it but i guess that's okay you know because yeah. I'm sure so, we'll we'll yeah. see. I I wonder what they're hiding. We'll see. <laughs> they had to be hiding something because they did that with yeah. the remake, with the Evil Dead remake. Like in the very end yeah. of the credits, he came in and just said groovy. Yeah, groovy. <laughs> Isn't there a Bruce Campbell event coming up in Buffalo? It is. Uh, my friend is actually going with her boyfriend, and they're going to uh, Bruce Campbell live in Buffalo, where he does that game oh. show. You remember the game show he does? No, it's I. I mean, I believe it. He he. Yeah. What's it called? Do you remember? Him? Oh my god! It's a it's a nerd fiction like um tr- like it's like Family Feud, but with like you know nerd fiction and facts and horror. You know, it's for for people who are into that type of stuff, and it's oh, like. Yeah. You figure out like it's like um yeah man now i'm stumbling we'll have to plug it into our outro it's like a game it, show yeah. it's a game show for nerds okay last fan standing yes yeah last oh, fan yeah. standing there we go and i've seen Hell a few yeah. episodes of it and god bruce is being such a dick to the contestants <laughs> he's like hey four eyes guess this one right here we're like he'll like say something really fucked up love it yeah but i love bruce because he's just he's some he seems like a cool guy but you know he's a smart ass and i yeah. and i know mm-hmm. and like i run in family of smart asses so i feel like bruce would have been perfect yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would be my uncle i feel like my rich uncle would be like hey dipshit here's a 20 you know <laughs> yeah. all right and is there any social media plugs you guys want to put in before we sign off nope don't follow us no uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right you said it you know <laughs> yeah uh no we we want people to reach out to us send us emails at mostly horror movie night at gmail.com yep. that was the name of our show before we change the name of our show so email yeah. us mostly horror movie night at gmail.com um you can follow us instagram at mostly horror pod twitter is at mostly horror yeah i'm on all the socials at steven is average and sean is everywhere at hypocrite inc or hypocrite dot inc 
Yep. Nice. That, that is good right there. See? Thank you. He's the guy. He has it all. I was like, I'm not going to say nothing. That's, that's, that's me. I'm that guy who's just on the side. She does and, all like all that right there, all the yeah. info. And I'm just in there be like, what she said. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Steve, you're also on Letterbox, right? Yeah, it's the same thing on Letterbox. Okay. Do you follow me on Letterbox? I try to follow Stalker. you on. I can't find your thing, but oh. I I have Letterbox too. And when He's I found average. out, it was oh, huh? What was that? Oh, I just said Stephen is average. It's the same. Awesome. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. But yeah, I I have a Letterbox too, and I I started it like a couple. I want to say like four or five months ago. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've just been like typing away like all the movies I've watched in the past like year or so. So I just did a <clears throat> review on Knock at the Cabin and Old. There's also one for Rear Window and Pearl. Oh, oh, it's such a it's such a cool I website. I gotta get on there. I gotta get what on did, there. What did you rate Old before we go? I need to know what you rated it. Okay. It was old. Well, first of all, I gave Knock at the Cabin like 4.5, I think. I really? Think. I, I thought liked... you like Knock at the Cabin. No, oh, I, I, wait. It's oh. 4.5. Oh, I, I, th- I thought you were doing 4.5 out of 10. I was just like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and then I could try to pull it up. Yeah, but... you confused me there, but okay. But yeah, I gave Knock at the Cabin, I think, like a 4.5. And I liked mm-hmm. it. It was a very intense film. And that was a, yeah, I love I that love, film. I, I even told Colin this. He's a huge Marvel fan, but I think this was one of Dave Bautista's best performances i've ever seen yeah, so far i mean i prefer drax but yes he, this is his best performance honestly yes i mean um, so yeah i gave knock at the cabin four and a half and i liked it i old i gave one and a half <laughs> i'm like i think i gave it half a star oh okay but so I it was i mean the concept was interesting but at the end of the day i was like so what is causing these people to age on this island. Okay, I get, like, what the resort people are doing with this island, but it doesn't explain, like, the phenomenon behind what's going on here. Yeah. And it's, yeah. like... It is, it is a one-star movie. Uh, yeah. I still want <laughs> Or a half-a-star movie. It is yeah. very, yeah. very all over the place, but, yeah. That's why I didn't Eventually. watch it. Yeah. Eventually, I'll see it. M. Night Shyamalan is, like... It's uh, usually a hit or a miss, you know? He's got some good ones, but then he's got some... Stinkers. I did not like the village. That was my least favorite. I thought the village was kind of creative. Yeah, it was. eh, It was interesting, but just the 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 end. The Mm -hmm. ending was just like really didn't do it for me in the very end. You know, especially with like them being in the normal world and the cops just come and see them and everything. I loved how subtle his cameo was in Knock at the Cabin. Subtle? Is that sarcasm? <laughs> no, because like it took me a second when they turn on the that TV and that he's there. One. It took me a second to realize that was him, and I'm like, "Well, good, because he stays on TV for eight more minutes." Yeah. For you to he's doing a cameo. But but like as opposed oh. to old, where he has like a whole ass role. Yeah, and, sure. and he's involved Most, with this whole scheme thing, and I'm like, oh, oh my god, that's so funny. That's kind of at least like in my opinion, old sucked. So when he came on and old, I was like, this still sucks. But in Knock <laughs> at the Cabin, it was like really tense and like, what's gonna come on TV? And it's like M Night's doing an Emerald Lagasse thing, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. We talked about that as soon as we left. It was funny. Yeah. this has been a really fun episode yes and thank you guys for coming on here and like this is definitely a big great time and like she's so happy that you guys came on here and i am too and you guys have been nothing but cool and you guys are more than welcome to come back anytime you want 
you know, even just Thanks to shoot the shit. But yeah. Yeah, we'll have yeah, to, yeah. We'll have to do Still a game next time. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. Always down for always down for a game. Yeah, really appreciate you guys reaching out. Uh sorry it took a second to things have been so chaotic, but we, we got it lined up and, yeah. and made it work. Yeah, made yeah. it work. Yeah. But that's the same and with I'm, us, yeah. And I'm glad, honestly, that that this worked out the way it did. I mean, I know the Google calendar thing was like really weird It's a nightmare. But I'm glad that we were able to make it work. And, you know, like I said, I'm so excited that we got to sit down and talk to you guys and do a review because this was really fun. And I said this last week, but, you know, it's always fun to have other horror fans to talk to on the show. I mean, it's usually just Colin and myself. And although I love talking to Colin... You know, it's just nice to There's get... There's got to be someone else. Like, Yeah, it's just nice to get other people's opinions <laughs> instead yeah. of just like, I liked it or I hated yeah. it. But like... It's like it's like that with Saw. Like, you'll talk to me about Saw and you'll tell me how I feel. I'm like, I don't feel anything with Saw. Like, well, you know... you also haven't watched all the Saw films. I'm just... I'm, after the third movie, I just wasn't a big fan after the other ones. I mean, no offense or anything. I mean, because I <laughs> no, know you... again. That's a whole other. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> right. That's right. A whole other, I'm not going to open that can right now. I'm not gonna, you're, I know. You're like you just have these episodes. They're called derailed. Just you have derailed <laughs> episodes. Yeah, honestly, honestly. Yeah. No, we really do bring it us on. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no, but we really appreciate it, and like you know, like we said, thank you so much. You know. Of course. Yeah. Of course, happy to be here. Yeah, but other than that. All right, so this has been our Megan review with the Abbey Normal podcast with Steve and Sean from Mostly Horror. Yep. Thank you guys so much for being on here, and we hope to have you on soon. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we you hope. Guys? Yeah, thank you. We oh, hope sorry. you have a wonderful day. <laughs> I yeah. was saying it to the, to the listeners. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, but goodbye to them as well. <laughs> yeah. stay, stay warm. Yeah, stay oh, warm. Dude, I- I'm about to go get under the covers. It's still free. Yeah, get those right. blankets, man. You know, get yeah. some hot cocoa, watch Bloody Birthday, do it all. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yep. That and rear window today. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. But other than that, we hope um, you guys have a wonderful day. Yeah. Of course. Talk to you guys. All right. See Bye ya. Guys. Bye. As always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Be sure to give us a like, subscribe, or a nice review for our podcast. It helps boost our show positively. You can also follow us on Instagram and now on TikTok. 